0: Um, and they did, they broke Shopify, did it 2.5 million in one hour. What is up people? Thanks for tuning into the After 4 Play podcast. Today's guest is Daniel Phillip. Daniel is the founder and CEO of Atlas Creative Group, which is a global holding company that builds, sells, and acquires brands. Pretty cool. In this episode, we talk about his nomadic lifestyle and how he started from peddling beer out of the trunk of his car and living off selling his body to medical experiments. <laughs> Uh, now he's running an e-commerce empire with hundreds of employees and offices all over the world. Guys, get fired up because this is one of the most awesome podcasts we've done to this date. You're going to love it. Sit back. Soak it up.
1: Yeah. you going to keep your ego nice and down low This with is ours. intro to Dan. This is, this is Dan. No intro. Daniel, this Dan. uh, is just, just Dan unfiltered. <laughs> this, is, this is Daniel before full play. All right,
0: man. Well, I feel like we have so many different similarities and cool things that we're working on. Like, I mean, just looking at your Instagram, like you're doing a ton of stuff, same level as us with like e-commerce and then you're doing surf trips, all this cool shit. I feel like we could dive so deep in on, but, uh, you were saying something earlier about Wanting to buy a jungle cat. Yeah, that's a good way to start. I
1: feel exactly. let's, talk about, let's, talk about, let's talk about you buying <laughs> exotic animals in that, the Philippines. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who who doesn't want to buy exotic animals? Like, it's either you're like a dog or a cat lover. I like dogs, but like with dogs, you, there's not really any like super exotic dogs. Like what? Is there an exotic dog? I don't think not so. Not really. Like maybe. You have like, like some, some great wild game. dogs
0: in Africa or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I feel like the, the most
2: exotic you can get are like those what are those like Asian dogs? They're like they look like they're lions. They're really big oh, and fluffy. Yeah. They're really expensive. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. A like like quarter million, million dollars. dollars. Yeah, I feel like they're not exotic. They're just expensive, yeah. right? Like it's not. So you can get expensive dogs. Expensive dogs, not exotic. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: No. Okay.
0: So, so your interest is in, is in the cats. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, I, I like cats and dogs for the like for the cat and dog lovers. Like no hate, no hate from Dan, but. um, <laughs> So in our in our office in the Philippines, uh, like I was looking into like the psychology behind having an office pet and stuff like that, and, and I was like, how cool would it be to just like you know go over the top and have like an exotic, like cat or like lion or something like that? And so I did a lot of research into it, and just long story short, found out it's like not the greatest idea because like <laughs> all the all the all, the, all, the, all, the, all the, like the 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 like they're fine, they're nice and cute when they're small, but like the amount of stories and like the cost, it was like like a hundred grand to keep them a year in terms of cost. And like, you need a big space and can't really have it in the office. Like,
0: like what kind of animal
1: are we talking about here? Like, like, like we're talking about like a Siberian tiger okay. or okay. like a lion or like a cheetah or stuff like that. But anyway, it's just, so where, where's all this cost coming from? I'm guessing
0: like the food. Yeah. F- oh, the, the, the food
1: is like the, like they eat, like they're like all corn carnivore diet. That's just like, right. just crazy. Yeah. Um, and so it just like, I was like, talked to our board, and I was like, "Hey, it's like, should we do this?" And they're like, uh, "No." <laughs> 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 and uh, and then so we're like, "Fine, we'll get a pug." So now we have a, <laughs> you got this, you got a
0: Siberian Husky to, to office pug. Yeah. yeah so. Anyway. Okay. Well, you'd, first of all, you'd have to find some veterinarian that would be willing to work on a tiger somewhere in your local area. Oh yeah, for sure. Because you'd have to be like, let's say this thing got sick, then you have to transport this tiger to someone who's willing to take a look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel like that that would be a hard part of it. So where like where would you even look to get
1: I, I don't know. was like you, how
0: deep did you go in this search? Oh, I yeah. did
1: pretty I went pretty deep. Like uh I went like uh page 30 on Google. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, um but uh yeah, I like th- everybody was saying like I mean it's there is a whole business for it. Like this it's a pretty big business. I really, guess like yeah. you know, uh like yeah i think it's in africa but then they ship it to you and like all papers and everything like that but it was like really expensive if you get them younger it's not that expensive but then if you get like once they grow older and just all the cost mm-hmm. then you have to have a full-time like caretaker if you're not doing it and um yeah i mean so that's let, the, let's
0: let's say that they caught the price wasn't an issue yeah Would this seem would would getting a cat be easier oh, than you thought it would oh, be oh, after no, doing 100%, like no yeah. I, I'm,
1: I'm not at the stage yet but i, I like Ten, five years, ten years, I'll definitely have like five hmm. lines. Five <laughs> lines?
2: It's an odd number. One's gonna be the odd one out.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Just in case like a couple of
0: them. Okay, like, yeah, well well if well time. if if the finances wasn't an issue, what would be like the first animal yeah, would that, the first that you line. would go
1: for? Yeah, I I would go like Siberian Tiger. Like <laughs> I've always Tiger's been intrigued. Boss. Like I was like uh whatever, like seven or eight and I watched the uh National Geographic, like Siberian Tiger was like my hmm. my spirit animal for sure. Don't and or that or the cheetah. Yeah. Lifetime. Yeah. What about you for you, you guys? Need, you need a lot of space for something like a cheetah. Oh, I feel yeah. Like. They want to run a Just lot. Just run around. Yeah. I, I feel
2: like that. I feel like younger. I, I really wanted like exotic animals. I feel yeah. like that slowly. Uh, just transition to me wanting motorcycles. That yeah. I okay. <laughs> That's <laughs> my exotic animal. <laughs> Realistically, like, I, I think about like what I really want to spend my money on. If it, it would, not, I don't think it would be. It would be animals anymore. I don't. Yeah. Okay. But what about this? Yeah.
0: You know that movie with Matt Damon where they they shrink everybody down to like oh, this yeah, microscopic yeah, yeah, yeah. size? What if you could do that for animals? 100%. And then you could have like a fish tank with whales in it.
1: And yeah, you had like
0: humpback would. whales in your living room and a big fish tank. Yeah, that'd be sweet. That'd be cool. that'd with be cool. That'd be cool. All animals. Yeah. Like I
2: feel like all of the cool animals are massive, but it's like we can't have them. So it's like, or even if you could keep a a tiger as, a, as, a, as like a little, you know, what are they called? Cubs? Like a tiger yeah, cub? A tiger That'd be so cub. much cooler. I feel like I would, I would like a little tiger cub. Yeah. If like we could stunt their growth, like give me shots and stuff. <laughs> we're going to get like so many complaints from Peta. on this podcast. Oh, yeah. No, yeah Peter's not going to like can't <laughs> and <laughs> and you, can't, you can't have tigers. <laughs> and you can't stunt their growth. <laughs> yeah,
1: um,
2: I think we'll be able to eventually. Put people on the moon, and can stunt tiger's growth. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, they can do it with people, right? Like they've experimented a whole bunch with, with people. With stunting people's growth? Yeah, or with like hormones or yeah, with yeah. everything yeah. like I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the human growth, growth hormone. Yeah, H G H oh I
1: I I uh so uh like six months ago I started on a journey of like I wanna get as big as the boys here on the podcast. Like yeah. get getting there. <laughs> Gotta get the abs for summer. <laughs> So you're doing steroids now? Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, so I looked, I, I seriously looked into it because I mean, with everything, I just always like, I'll just explore. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And then I realized it was not the greatest thing, but I went to the, the store and I was just like, Hey, how much is this? And in I, where? In the Philippines. Okay. They've got an HGH yeah. <laughs> store. No, they've got like a supplement store that I just have HGH, yeah. but I, I wouldn't, hmm. I don't know. They have HGH there?
0: Yeah. Holy shit! I mean, is
1: that not allowed here? This no, an- it's can't anabolic can't, anabolic steroid, right? Yeah, you can't you can't you can't buy it. I think it's, I yeah, think it's illegal. It's, legal it's to definitely honest. available here. It's available. It's not. It's not. It's, you can't. You can't. Like, I just walked into a supplement store and like, yeah, we have it.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you can't do that here. <laughs> yeah, it's approved by the
1: government. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think well, the thing is like, and I've been working out in the Philippines for a while. Like, uh, besides boxing and stuff like that, but there are people there. Like for them, it's harder. They get to a, a spot and then they plateau and then they can't get bigger, right? Mm. So it's like it's either they're working seven years and then like. Year four, then they get to the next level. Otherwise, they have to take something to get them to the next level, right? right? Like you, can, yeah. it's just body type and stuff like that. So they're
0: just the yeah. smaller people, yeah, the, F- the Filipinos. Yeah, mm-hmm. I no, uh, yeah,
1: like yeah. Okay, so how's uh, how's the,
0: the working out going so far?
1: It's going good. I uh, like I, I went out like I, I started off. I was like I'm gonna do nine days and uh, got today like 25 <laughs> and uh, and wh- what I was doing was I was going extreme. So I I, I was like I want to cut first. And then also build at the same time. So okay. I went on like an all carnivore diet. Okay. You ah, heard of that? Yeah, like, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, yeah, cause I've done fasting in the past and anyway, I just explored and I saw, um, what was his name? Jordan Peterson on, uh, yeah, that, that, that? that's that, like, where I first meat. heard about somebody yeah. actually notable trying the carnivore. Yeah. Diet. yeah. Um, it was terrible, oh, <laughs> but really? it was, it was like, uh, uh, five days in or like first five days were just absolutely horrible. Like my energy was down. Like everything was whack. I was just like, there was no, Rhythm to anything, mm. and um, yeah. So it's pure meat, no
0: vegetables.
1: No vegetables, no I feel like carbs. Never
2: shit. I like would just be clogged. No, up it's true. Time. It's yeah. true. Because
1: like I told my mom, uh, I told my mom like, hey, I'm I'm doing this. So she found out through Instagram or whatever. She's like, what is what is this like day thing? Yeah. And she knew I was doing some crazy, something crazy. And she's like, uh, good luck. You're probably not gonna like poop for like uh, <laughs> ever. <laughs> she's like, you need your uh, your vegetables to sweep your gut. And uh, sure enough, like. Yeah.
0: Huh. I, feel, I feel like everybody should try, you know, as much as possible. Oh, 100%. Yeah, you yeah. got to see what works for you, yeah. right? So, you know. so how long did you do the carnivore diet for?
1: So I did that for like uh, 20 days and then I stopped. Hmm. And I, I would say hmm. like after the uh, like five, day six or day seven, I was like, I'm feeling amazing. Hmm. I was feeling amazing. But um, yeah, I just uh, lost it. Cool. I think, we're I, getting, I think we're
2: getting a little bit in the weeds right now. It's like, if someone's like listening to this cold, we're talking about like the Philippines and tigers and stuff. Like, maybe we oh should yeah. like open it up to you. Yeah. And you got you give like a little bit of backstory on yourself, just to maybe provide more context to like some of this conversation, like where you live, kind of like ninety percent of your time, all that kind of stuff, and maybe that will like. Yeah, you know, everybody's probably listening. Serve as a good like foundation. What is going on right now? Siberian
1: tigers, Philippines, Asia. Is he gonna eat the tiger? Um, so yeah, my name is Daniel Phillip and I uh, live currently in Asia between China and the Philippines. Uh, I am uh, the founder and creative director or CEO of Atlas Creative Group. Uh, we are a holding company, creative agency that builds and sells brands and we also, uh, we like to acquire brands as well. We just mm-hmm. uh, bought our first brand uh, in, the, uh, in the States. Cool. So yeah, and... Um, we do a lot of different things, and uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun.
0: So you, so you grew up here in, in Toronto? Yeah, so actually,
1: actually, not a lot of people know this, but I grew up in Jamaica. Uh, so my parents were missionaries. They went down to uh, Jamaica to do some mission work and for about like eight, nine years. That's where I was, and then came back here. And the, the rest of my life, I grew up here in Canada. And um, yeah, that's how I got started. On the cool. farm in uh, good old north of Waterdown. Thank on a horticulture farm in the fields, working on the tractors and everything like that. So
0: so, so yeah. when, did, when did you start getting into business?
1: Uh, I've always done little things, I think, for mm-hmm. you guys, too. Like, like when we got started or early on, we always had a natural inkling to do, you know, to make money or to make things. Mm-hmm. Like the biggest thing was like uh, I was always taking things apart in order to build those things back up. Like Lego was like I was obsessed over Lego, like mm-hmm. absolutely obsessed. And I always wanted to buy different, you know, Lego sets and build them, but I didn't have enough money. So that led me to, you know, finding out different uh, avenues of creating money. And, um, I, I I grew up in a relatively, uh, it was just, it's like small business. So there was, Mm -hmm. there was money there, but, uh, I come from an immigrant family and there's no, there's like, there's two rules. You work hard and you don't complain and, and you don't buy dumb shit. That's like the three, the three rules. And so that forced me in order to, you know, become resourceful and do different uh, things in business. But growing up, I was like, I would take apart everything, build it back up. And then as I I grew up, uh, as I passed that level, I think we all passed around like whatever, 13, 14, 15, where that turned for me more into like ideas and taking ideas apart. And so I would see people that were successful or doing certain things online or, or, or not online or just in regular day. And I was like, okay, how does that work? How can I take that apart and how can I actually do the same thing? And so I've always been obsessed over that sort of uh, aspect of business and entrepreneurship. And that just led me through It's just, it's something that I've always been uh, curious about. Yeah.
0: Cool. So, so who were there any like, bi- like business figures early on that you kind of idolized that you started looking at? Like how, like what are the ideas you had? How can I take apart what you've done?
1: yeah i don't know i just like lo- uh, locally in in the uh in in my community mm-hmm. um seeing different people and and um looking at what they did in terms of like people that were in the the business space like elon musk if we're talking about like billionaires like status, high level that yeah. was never i was never really aware of that i knew that those people like existed But like, I never read anything when I was Mm. younger, like anything. We didn't have TV in the house or the internet was not really a big thing. So I didn't really immerse myself into that level until like after high school where it was just like, yeah, consume everything. Look at all like what people are doing to build really Mm. big businesses. Mm. Mm. So yeah, that's, that's how, uh, that's how it all started. That's cool, man. So you started business right out of high school. Yeah. Um, well in high school, like, um, I saw like different opportunities to do small business. Mm. Like uh, I would order uh, fake Beats headphones from uh, China. (laughs) Found a random AliExpress. Yeah, not from AliExpress at the time. but like pre-AliExpress. This is (laughs) pre-AliExpress. I don't know. AliExpress probably existed, but this is like from like like different uh, forums where like there was different sites that would sell like random stuff. And um, so then I just buy them and resell it. Mm. And I just tell people like, listen, these are fake, but you can get them for like, so much cheaper. And at <laughs> yeah. the time, like when we were kids, you know, we we, couldn't, we didn't have enough money to yeah. buy like the Beats, mm. buy Dre headphones. And then also like, um, I did small things like fixing people's iPhones, mm. buying like cheap, like uh, iPhone screens and like redoing those sort of things. That was, oh. it was always fun for me to yeah. do those sort of things. sounds Great. like,
0: like the ideal story for a born dropshipper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: been, um, that's
0: cool, man. So, so how did things transition from, you know, like early days of being in business here mm, in Canada mm. to now you're living in Asia? Like how, how did that transition? Happen? Yeah.
1: That was uh, a little strange. Like, um, after high school, um, I, I went to, uh, I went to just like different avenues of, of, of business, meaning I worked for every, like almost every industry because I was like, okay, what industry like do I want to go into? Like what is something that I really wanted to go into? So I worked as a barista for a little bit, like three months, told them I was going to be there forever, but just to learn everything. And then like uh, every everything that I did after high school in terms of working, I always worked not for money, just for knowledge. Like I wanted to understand everything. So I worked for that cafe, um, as a barista and I would talk with the owner as much as I could. So I learned out, like all their costs, like everything. And then I realized like the restaurant and cafe business is super <laughs> not the, <Yeah. laughs> not ideal. Cause you have like super high costs and mm-hmm. you're just like so much stress and everything like that. And then I went from there to a couple of different jobs. And I uh, also worked into like a sales, uh, a sales job for a corporation as a, like an, introductory manager for like sales and I was driving around in the car, like knocking on doors, selling, um, automatic lubrication systems for trucks. The most random, <laughs> the most random like system, like what doors are you knocking on? You're knocking. <laughs> I, I, was, uh, I, was, uh, <laughs> I was, knocking on, I was knocking on a uh, company doors. Okay. Like, um, so, uh, like, uh, I'll, I'll try to do like the most simple explanation for this. So like uh, a tractor trailer, like the transport truck they have a lot of components that need to be greased all the time. So instead of them going into the shop and getting greased every single whatever day, two days, five days, uh, there's a system that was actually created in the Netherlands that you put on the chassis and through like tubes, it just greases everything. Mm. And so that's what I was selling door to door. Probably like now that I look back on it, one of like the hardest sales ever. Huh. Uh, but that taught me how to just get into the door. And uh, and just- so, so what
0: do you think you got out of that? I've always said that, the best job Mm. and i'd I'd say to like any of my kids that are getting some sort of job at a school or like right out of the gates like you want to get in sales as soon as possible if you have any aspiration to being an entrepreneur at all that's always been like i think a good piece of sound advice so so now that you're you've been in business for a little bit like what, what do you think you got out of that early job in sales
1: yeah for sure like almost everything and i would say one thing too like it's not only like it could be a form of like any sort of like small sales like um a lot of entrepreneurs, like when we listen to podcasts and stuff like that, and I'm sure there's many stories in your cases as well, like it could be anything from like a paper route where you have to go mm-hmm. and push past that comfort of talking to someone, right? And asking them for something, right? Just like asking. And for most people, it doesn't come naturally to them. And for me, it wasn't, it, it didn't really come naturally. I was naturally a shy person. So that, that pushed me like, Hey, no, mm-hmm. you just got to ask, you just yeah. got to ask, mm-hmm. just gotta, and, and just like listen past the nose. And I think in business, as like what we do, right, in terms of e-commerce, it's a little easier for us. But in terms of uh, just, you know, day to day stuff, you just got to like let the nose pass you. Mm. And so um, the biggest takeaway was probably that it was like learning how to just. You gotta know. Like, let's keep going. Next one. Dude, line. 100%. Yeah.
0: It, like, it's a skill that pays off at such a high level, too. Like, being able to just, you know, persuade somebody, get something out of somebody. Like, yeah, yeah when you're doing e commerce and you're just marketing from your computer, it's not something that you use often yeah. or that's necessary. But I think definitely at the high level when you're I think starting like to even negotiate deals.
2: Like, day to day in life, too. Like, shooting your shot is, like, I feel like the best piece of advice for anything. If you <coughs> feel like you want something, it's just like, all right, just fucking shoot the shot. Cause, like, that's the first step in it happening, right? Yeah. Like uh, that, yeah. like even like dating or anything like that. It's like, if you're oh, not going to shoot the sure. shot, like <laughs> the, 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 yeah, you're yeah, not like, going to find yourself where you want to be like ever. Like, you know, yeah, like, that's step one. So true.
0: Like, like, and just asking once more, like yeah. what, just asking once more after yeah. no usually pays off. Most people like, are was so, so with,
2: conditioned to saying no or like apprehensive, yeah. like anything. Yeah. No, like, no, like I'm okay. Okay. But like, and then you just keep. You know, yeah, it's like, not in like a weird or like in a harassment type way, but even like business and stuff like that. It's like following up is like the biggest sales tool like oh, ever, yeah. you know? Like, I even 60% when, yeah.
1: of sales come in follow up. Yeah. Not more. Dude, it's such people practical advice. Like, yeah.
0: remember when we were trying to get the Wi Fi set up with, with uh, the provider? Yeah. And then you had said oh, that they said the no at first. And then you're like, well, is there any way? Like, I, you know, I have a business I'm running from home. And then and I was just,
2: I just stayed on the phone and they, you just, they you'd find something that like yeah. hits with them. He's like, well, we've got people coming in. Yeah. Like, this is all bullshit, but it's like at the end of the day, it's not hurting anybody, you know? Like, it was like, and yep. you just kept and then we had fucking wifi the next the next day, and it would have yep. been two weeks to wait, you know and so it's like the only difference between me and the person that waited two weeks, I just, I just, I just kept asking. It didn't, yeah. didn't take any like effort really. It was just yeah. right. So
0: th- they wanted to put you on a wait list, but because you kept asking, they moved you way up and just to, fitted to you in fit when it, there was a gap. Fitted me in. Right? Right? They ha- and they, yeah. they, they,
2: split someone's time so that someone came for one hour and then yeah. they had to come for another. Like she figured it out, yeah. dude. It's you know? such a
0: good analogy. It's stupid and simple, but it's such a good analogy for just like getting, s- making shit happen. Hundred percent. Those are the people that make shit yeah. happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have to think too. Is like those people in their jobs, like every, even if you're trying to make a deal happen with someone
2: that's like a lower level manager in another company 100%. or something thing, it's like those people are always choosing if they're in that position, they're probably choosing the path of least resistance for them. them. So it's like even more than you're pushing like even if you're taking yourself to that next level and asking, you sometimes have to keep asking so that you push them to go to the next level. If you're dealing with other people you're also limited by their capabilities right so it's like if they need to go ask the next manager to see if it can what happen you yeah. got to push them to that point right mm-hmm. yeah. and it's going to have to start with you if that's what you want so i think that's yeah it's a solid. i think
1: i think that takeaway is probably one of the biggest takeaways because mm-hmm. it's like and it flows so much more from just like the surface level like uh in terms of uh like making sales or or in any like situations in terms of interaction but i found it as someone who's starting to build a team like that is the biggest thing mm-hmm. And then, like, finding people in terms of building a team, like, oftentimes, like, you guys have a team as well. Like, you ask someone to do something, and then they might not take action right away. It's because they're not conditioned to do that. And, like, subconsciously, they're putting things in their mind that they have to do first so that they push that away. And it's the same thing with, like, getting things done. And, And what I've found is, like, finding the people that are able to execute The fastest on what you give them will be 10 times better than someone that might be more like a little Mm -hmm. bit smarter or someone that's a little bit more, uh, you know, intellectually, you know, more advanced. Mm -hmm. It's better to find someone that you can just be like, hey, listen, this is what we need to do. This is what and we need to get it done today and then just get it done.
2: I feel like it's also there's a certain kind of people that have they, they have more of a desire to like not come back like they have more desire to figure it out without mm-hmm. having to come back whereas there's some people where their default is to ask another question and to ask, and ask how you would do it and all this kind of stuff like I feel like those are the people you don't want to do because yeah. then you're just working f- like through them for yeah. them right yeah. like there's a there's a certain kind of person that really I don't know maybe someone that's a little bit more self-conscious of anything is like they don't want to come back to you mm-hmm. for another you know mm-hmm. they, they want to like prove themselves I feel like those are the kind of people you have to like look at too is like who's the who's the people that don't want to ask you I think this something. is th- this is
0: something that's conditioned Honestly do. Exactly. I mean, maybe there's people that are like, you know, predisposed to have like that, that inclination towards action. Mm -hmm. But I've, I've seen it with like some of my team members. Well, they'll ask me how to do something and I'm just like, did you, did you Google this? It's like, it's like that oh, yeah. Google first, ask second. The Google, hit. That's yeah. my you know favorite I mean? word. <laughs> Google <laughs> it. Because some yeah. of the things they ask is so simple and it's like, well, you look this up first, right. take some action. And then if you can't find it, then you ask. Right. Also everything that we know is only from Google. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Any qu- we don't, we don't
1: have a secret book.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Anything that we found it, we found out through yeah, Google. I mean, it's the same, it's the same
1: thing with courses too and why people pay for courses and why I've now started to, slowly start to pay for courses is because like all the information ever is out there Mm -hmm. the only difference between the internet as a wide scope and a course is the course has formulated hopefully everything that you want to know into that segment so in terms of i can make that quick calculation or it is like okay i could look for this or i could do this online by myself for free But what is the opportunity cost that I'm actually spending? For sure. Right. You're not
2: buying the information anymore. You're buying time. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: yeah. Okay, so so yeah, so walk us through kind of like the setup you got mm. going on in, in, in the Philippines right now You got an office you said in the Philippines. You got one in, in China. Yeah, I think you, the, the, something in Sydney as well right
1: uh, We got a, a few remote teams like we're, we're okay. starting to expand our global market We're looking for more partners to partner up and like open up different Segments around because I've realized that like yeah I can only do so much and it goes back to the time right like yeah. opportunity cost at what point do I have? I spread myself too thin or like starting to build out a solid team that can do those those sort of things um, so I guess maybe I should start like uh, after still on my journey after high school yeah absolutely to, for sure um, yeah so after after high school and after I did a few jobs I had a bit of money saved up I think it was like 30 grand 20 to 30, or 30 grand and I traveled I wanted to travel so I traveled uh, to Australia nice I traveled down under mm-hmm. And over uh, the first three months or the first six months, like what I really wanted to do down there was I was like, OK, I want to start a business there. I don't want to start it here because I did a few things and I just got judgment or like that mental barrier of mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm, I have to make things look good for other people and always explain myself and the whole time thing. So I was like, I want to go down there. and I want to start something. And uh, I, I never actually in the first six months, uh, I ended up uh, not starting something. Um, just looking for different things, but I bought a car, I started traveling, I, I learned how to surf, I started surfing and I blew up, I blew my money. Like I just completely like that, that 20, 30 grand was gone. Like <laughs> next, like I'm sure you guys had some, like traveling is expensive. Yeah. Like, it's really expensive. Yeah. Um, especially in Australia. Especially in Australia. Especially in Australia. So six months went by, I had some, a little bit of family there. Six months went by. Um, I had no money. I was in uh, Melbourne Australia and I really wanted to get out to Perth because I wanted to surf and, and, and I wanted to explore that area and so I've always been resourceful if I don't have any money I had a car so what I said was I'll, I, I posted on, uh, on Facebook at the time in groups and I said hey if there's anybody that wants to go from Melbourne to Perth I've got a car. I've got no money. If you can pay for the gas and pay for my food, I'll take you there. So it's pretty far too. Like that's cross continent, right? Yeah. It's like, it's like a four day drive. (laughs) It's like, it's expensive. And like every time you're filling up, especially like in the desert part, it's like 80, 120 bucks a tank. So it's just like, yeah, like I didn't even know, but I had no money. Right. I had a car. Um, so I got, I got, uh, yeah, people responded and there were, uh, like four Germans in my car. uh, four people four four people (laughs) four germans um and uh, like australia like the majority of people there that are traveling are germans i think they just have a really good um like government uh whatever Mm -hmm. contract but um so here i am with four germans we're traveling uh the four days drive all the way to um perth um australia and um uh i had no money right so i'm like i don't what am i gonna do like uh you know, when I'm in Perth, right? I'm getting there, but I've got no money. What am I going to do? And so fortunate, so lucky. There was a guy in our car um, and he said, there are, there's a deal going on right now for the liquor store. And I'm like, what, what deal? And he's just like, you can get, if you bring your passport in, uh, you can get a free uh, sixer. Uh, f- uh, yeah, free, a free six pack, a free six pack, literally free sp- six packs of like rattler of like a, a lemon rattler at the time. And so we had five people, right? So we're like, okay, we'll go in. So we went into one store. Then he's just like, oh, also, uh, because we don't have Australian passwords or Australian driver's license. Like it's, it actually works like unlimited. Right. Cause I can't scan it because I can't actually scan it. Right. <laughs> oh my God. And so I'm just like, <laughs> Bing, light bulb. <laughs> let's go. And so I'm like, okay, we're gonna hit every single Liquorland, which is the, the beer store there, Liquorland in uh, in Australia. And we're gonna hit every single one going to Perth. We had like 360 beers of this Rattler in the, of tr- in the back of our truck, in the back of my my car. And it's just like there's like no, it's like over bumps. We're getting we're scraped. Anyway, everybody was sick of, of, of Rattler by the time we got to Perth. And uh, so they're just like, just keep it. And so I have all this, uh, and that was the plan, by the way. Like in the back yeah. of my mind, like they're not gonna. And so what I did was the how I made money was I sold on the beach like a rattler, and there was like twenty five bucks a, a a case, right? And and, mm-hmm. and uh, I was just selling like for ten bucks here, five bucks here, fifteen bucks, fifteen bucks there. And so <laughs> that's how I got a little bit of money. That's um, a fucking awesome story. story. Yeah, that's <laughs> a story. I will remember that for the rest of my life because not only like the like. I, I was driving right, and they've got such strict rules. So I never had like I maybe had one or two at night, but like these four Germans were like drunk the whole nah, way man. over on Rattler. It's like the Radler. worst type of person to have yeah, drinking on, all your stuff. Yeah, and they're Germans too. <laughs> like they like to drink. Like Germans they <laughs> oh, yeah. just love to drink. <laughs> yeah. Um. And uh, anyway, like,
0: do you remember how much you made off selling all the Rattlers? Oh, I made. Uh,
1: I don't know what I made. Like enough enough to last me like a, okay. a week or two. So what did you do with the money? I just lived. Yeah. Like I, I, that's like, I, I started surfing. Like I wasn't really in the mindset of like, okay, now I have this money. Let's, let's go again. I was just more of like, okay, what's the next opportunity, next opportunity. I didn't have like the big idea or the big picture yet. And so yeah, one, one or two weeks later I was broke again. I was on uh, on the beach surfing. And that time was real. Like I was really, really broke. Like, that's like zero dollars, like zero dollars. I had I think I had five bucks and I had tuna and bread for like a week. And it was just like the lowest yet the highest time in my life because I was just like, oh, this sucks so much. But then it was just like, this would be the coolest story in retrospect, like <laughs> yeah. being yeah. being like homeless on a beach in the Perth, in Perth, Australia surfing. And um, yeah, so that that time that was like that that would I, that moment, I would say, is like the pivot pivotal moment in my uh, in my journey, because um, during that time, I learned a lot about, you know, that I can survive on like nothing, mm. right? And I think as entrepreneurs, it's like a big thing. It's like okay, if we have that mindset in our back, like in the back of our minds, like okay, if everything goes away, like it's, I mean, like we've been there before. Mm-hmm. And so, um, long story short, after that, those two or three weeks of being homeless, and there was uh, there was a few other guys there just living on on the beach, just surfing. Uh, they had no food the baker would bring by seconds every single morning. But the one thing that they did have, which I was so confused, they had like every single day, they had like weed. <laughs> I'm like, how can you afford, how, how can you like be homeless? When things are You're a have, must for you, you find a way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, and um, so long story short, those two weeks or, or that month pass, or it's just like just every, every day, like not doing anything, looking for jobs, couldn't really find anything. And then a friend of mine that was uh, a backpacker, was like you should try uh, medical trials, and I'm like, what? What is medical trials? <laughs> and, um, you guys know what medical trials? Yeah, and I mean, I got an idea. Yeah, <laughs> not, not yeah. firsthand. So like, oh, yeah, I've never <laughs> done a medical trial, but <laughs> so like medical medical trial is like you're a guinea pig, right? And and so uh, basically like, oh, um, what's the movie? The uh, new Marvel movie, uh, uh, or the past one like um, Venom? Venom? Have yeah, you yeah. seen Venom? Yep.
0: Venom, Spider-Man's nemesis. Yeah, yeah, Venom,
1: like the the movie. It's but Tom Hardy's in it, right? Yeah, and yeah. so that that is like for, for for the listeners, like that is a medical trial. Uh, like okay. you sign your life away, and mm-hmm. then you go in to like a medical center for days on end, and then uh, you get tested with all these sort of drugs. And so I went in. Uh, they tested me. They're like, "Yep, you're you're a healthy human being. You can mm-hmm. come on in." So you and got a free
0: medical check out of it, at least. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and uh,
1: then they were just like, because uh, uh, they didn't tell me how much I was going to make. Um, and then uh, right, right before I had to sign, they said, oh, yeah, you're going to make uh, like four grand. You're going to be in the hospital for one week straight, seven days, like days and nights, like the whole time. Yeah. And, uh, and then you are gonna make four grand. And then they're week. just like, okay, these are all the symptoms and you might die sign here. And I'm like, hell yeah, let's go four grand. Sign my life away. Like, in a, like no decision, no like second guessing. I'm just like 100%. Like other people have done it. No worries. Right. And uh, uh, long story short, um, I got hit with that in, in that time, in that time. So this is like the long story short. Uh, in that week, I had my computer with me. And in that week, everybody else was like playing games and doing all that stuff. And and in that week, what I did was I got hit by an advertisement from Shopify.
0: No Telling way this ties back to telling Shopify. You, <laughs> telling saying, No, like this is
1: a crazy story. And I've talked like I went to Shopify HQ uh, last year and I talked to the marketing director for uh, like for that campaign. And I'm like, yo, do you remember that campaign? I'm like it was because of that campaign and the the campaign went like this. It was like a Printful and Shopify Mm. ad campaign was like make a t-shirt brand in five minutes. Mm. I think I remember
2: seeing those like a long time ago. Like this is four or five. years. Yeah, no. Yeah. I remember seeing like, I remember there was like, they had like a video too, that they'd walk you through and they had a design and you drop it in. And then I think I remember seeing those, but that was before I ever,
1: yeah. popped into it. So 15 hours later I still didn't have my t-shirt brand. <laughs> 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 so it was like perfect clickbait and uh anyway just uh long story short um over the next uh year I went around doing medical trials and putting all that money back into testing building different brands that nothing else worked until finally I went For into, a year. For about a year. Wow. Yeah, 6 months to a year. And and um like I just I just knew it worked, right? Like I saw yeah. other people and I'm just like, I had such strong faith that I could do it too. Cause I was like, shit, like if someone else can do it, like, why can't I do it? Mm. Like really, why can't I do it? Mm. First brand I built uh, was like a hipster t-shirt brand. It's called Byron Butch. And uh, it sold uh, a million t-shirts. No, I'm nice. just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> it, it sold one t-shirt to my dad. <laughs> and so, it's like every, every, the perfect story that everybody wants to hear, right? Mm. Like you hit gold right away. Um, but anyway, that died. Same with like a hundred other different uh, stores. Um, until I, I went to uh, hot selling products and I learned about more marketing and persuasion and funnels and a sales copy. And, and I had a little bit of editing, video editing background. Mm. And uh, my first winning campaign was uh, the Drake hat. You know, the Drake hat, like the hotline bling hat. Mm. Remember I mean, that? I think, I think Remember so, that? Like, that was like four. That was four years ago, four and a half mm. years ago when that song came out. Anyway, yeah. he was doing a tour. My winning campaign was like this, I remember this vividly. Like I had made like sporadic sales over like a six months to a year period. And I was I was like really in the low of lows. I'm like, I need to find something and I need to tie everything into it. like everything, right? Like in terms of like, I got to hit the right target market. I got to have the right product. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I found this video. It's like the video. You know the video of Drake? like. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the music video
2: for sure. Yeah, the, mu- okay. the music
1: video where he's like swinging the thing. And everybody's making these memes of like hitting tennis balls and like throwing bowling balls and everything mm-hmm. like that. And it was at Christmas at the time. So what I did was I did a free plus shipping campaign, right? Ah, the
0: free plus shipping. Free plus yeah. shipping campaign. <laughs>
1: and like now that I think back of it, it was pretty genius. Uh, but this was like a year of testing everything, right? Came up to that point point i took that i video i, I edited drake as santa with a mm. santa hat and i could pull up the ad uh, i think i have it somewhere and he had like uh, his sack and he was throwing away those hats he was like he was doing that move and throwing the hats away and then i uh, like the headline was like uh free free hats free drake hats for 24 hours uh only pay shipping and it was just like i put it on i put like uh, ten dollars on and uh uh, I w- like at night I woke up the next morning cause this, I'm still in Australia, right? I'm targeting the States cause he was doing a tour. I think I targeted Chicago and then there was like 20 sales the next morning, oh, like on $9 $10. <laughs> on $10. I'm not even kidding you. It just like picked up, went viral. And, uh, that's like, that was like where I started off. That's an awesome Damn. first product story. And, uh, yeah. well the, like hundredth product story, like <laughs> right the first one was, that worked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, and then since then uh yeah that's where it uh, that's yeah. where it all started right there
0: that free plus shipping wave so this this was back like 2014 2015 yeah sometime something around like then. that 2016. so back then that free
1: plus shipping offer probably killed oh yeah that was just tip of the iceberg and i i, I remember seeing some stuff like way back when I was younger with eBay, like they did mm. it with e- people did it mm. with eBay. That's not really super people new. People still but
0: do it. I've seen some authors still still doing it. Yeah, yeah. for yeah. for books, for I think books. it d- it does kind of make sense. Like you can be open and transparent about it.
2: Yeah, I mean yeah. for books too. I think it's what it is. Is too. It's like people just trying to get. Their rankings up, right? So yeah. they're giving away. It's that the whatever the cost to print a book, like a two dollars, is totally worth it to get like yeah. to accumulate, you know, and, and yeah. grow in the charts on like Amazon or whatever. It yeah, is. and I
1: think that's a really good strategy. I mean, like I just launched the watch, right? And I'm giving this away. Yeah. But this is like this. This is my top of the funnel. So it's I'm running nice watch. ads to to, to creatives, mm. right? And I'm just giving it for free in exchange for content. Yeah. But like that's the top of the funnel. The the bottom of the funnel is now I have a database of 500 to a thousand creatives all around the world that I can just send products to for free. Mm-hmm. Cause I know they'll take it. Yeah. Right. So that mod- the whole model with the free plus shipping or even just free top of the funnel, like y- if you give value for free, you're right. going to find something. You get something on the back yeah. end. So. Yeah. hundred percent.
0: So, so you, you got this product that's starting to work the hats mm-hmm. with Drake. Where did things go from you realizing
1: it's going to be a winning product? Um, well, I knew that morning, like I've never, like everybody, like you guys remember your first, it's like your first, the first
0: time. Shopify sale. Oh yeah. I went out of my house. I was like on the street <laughs> fucking partying. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah it's great, like, yeah, great, great feeling. A <laughs> I'm an entrepreneur now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How
2: about for you, Zach? Like, I don't even remember the first sale it would have been, I think it would have been, so the first Shopify sale mm. would have been in the first store we started, the one to mm-hmm. Germany. Which one was that? That was the print store. Yeah. Uh, so that was the first sale. And then I tried to do the disposable cameras, and then we sold like 10 of those, but none of them were profitable. Like, th- yeah. that's the thing, it's like none of those were profitable. So I felt like didn't feel like the first, like honestly, mm-hmm. too. It's like, I feel like, I don't know, when I got into Shopify and like doing e commerce and yeah. stuff, I had already, I don't know, I wasn't, I don't think I had like the same emotional connection with it because it was like I was trying to make more money than I ever had made, if that makes sense. So yeah. it's like, Anything until I was making more money than I would servicing and you, my client. Base and you made a lot. Like
1: you, you like compared to one or two sales, you were just killing it in terms of like your other stuff. You so that's the thing so is like my time, my time.
2: I, I I was I got excited when my time spent in e-commerce yeah. was was then more valuable than my time spent doing yeah. what I had done for the last four years. And that's yeah. when it got became really cool mm. for me. Because yeah. I end, because I was almost like my expectations were already you know because like at the end of the day, I only have so much time in the day. So it's like whatever I spend my time on doing, I want to be making sure I'm making the most money from it. Yeah. So it's like when that when that teeters like shifted where I'm like, okay, more time I spend on building these brands, we yeah. more money than doing client, working for other people yeah. doing client-based stuff. That was when it got really, really exciting for me. And that's yeah. where I kind of like, uh, I stopped doing, I don't know. I still, I still run the, the, my first business, yeah. but like, I don't do outbound sales. I, yeah. I just kind of take what comes. Yeah. In that's when,
1: that's when your like blood thins out and you start like, you know, your day just starts to flow and you're mm-hmm. just like, whoa, that, that was another day or that was like two months or that's six months yeah. gone. You're mm-hmm. just like, Wow, man! It's crazy
0: how much time flies when you're busy when you're working on something. you Like it's
2: insane. Yesterday we sat back and Shane goes, "Dude, we got to take more breaks (laughs) because we noticed we had sat for twelve hours just working, and it felt like it went by." And like we've got so much more to do. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, and and not
1: only that, you're excited to do what you're gonna do. Yeah, Yeah, like I think that's the biggest takeaway. It's just like, like time versus the like productivity is all relative. For, it's different for different people, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, with, when, when you bring in why and purpose, then, like, for you, you just basically trick your mind to just you're a machine and you're just continuously working, but then you don't feel tired. That's why I think sometimes, like, for me, like, I can go, I can basically trick myself in order to work hard or, like, have small hours of sleep, and I don't get burnout because of that. And, but that only comes because I'm doing something that I'm truly like right in and hundred mm. percent passionate about. Cause my, like if you, if you're doing something that you really love and that comes sort of naturally to mm. you, you're going to be, you, the amount of energy you're putting out is going to be hundred times less than if you were doing something that mm. is harder for you. Mm. It's like when I started pumping weights, like I couldn't even like bench 45s, like dumbbells each. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like so tired after that. Right.
0: When when, when you, you're fighting against yourself if you don't like yeah. what you're doing, right? And then, then that's like the hardest person to fight against.
2: Yeah. Like I remember like my most tired days I'd ever have would be like just grinding on like a client project or like in an office yeah. doing like a freelance project where I'm just like you're just moving the mouse. Yeah. that's all you're doing. You're not, yeah. you know, you're not yeah. building anything. So
0: easy to trick yourself that you're being productive. Oh, so and the, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day you're getting paid. But it's like
2: you just tra- you just you're you're literally giving your life away. For a fixed amount of money. Like it just, yeah. like, that, that just drains you. Yeah, yeah, especially when it's
0: transactional. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, phew, Yeah. Crazy. So, yeah, so you're selling you're selling a lot of Drake hats, which is good. So did you build a brand off of that product, um, or how did that go? I
1: tried, but then, like, I, I watched a whole bunch of videos where, like, horror stories of people getting sued. And then I right, yeah. just like, oh, I can't do it. So I shut it down. Mm-hmm. It was so profitable. I mm-hmm. shut it down. Um, and then I did, like, uh, those electric lighters. Uh, the, you know, the electric lighters that are not, they're like Zippo, but they're not Zippo. They're like, mm. they're like a, zzz, like a, like it's a oh, little okay. wire or something. And, yeah, and then a you just like, yeah. And it's like waterproof, uh, windproof, whatever. And, uh, that store was called the lighter house, nice. the lighter house. That was a good store. It made <laughs> a lot of money until I got a cease and desist from Zippo. Hmm. Oh, from so, Zippo. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, uh, so I got a call from UPS and they were just like, Hey, there's a letter from Zippo. Anytime you get
0: a letter doing business nowadays it's never a good thing, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah whether it's from like anybody. Yeah. But,
1: it, but it was like a stack and somehow I'm like like nobody can find your address if you don't have it on unless mm. they have like power. Right? Right? Like cuz right. they're going like customers, angry customers, if you don't have a good customer support or whatever. Like if you're drop shipping or if you're building a brand and you, you're just like a one person um, you don't have a team. You can't keep up, especially if you're scaling that you can't keep up with what you're, you know, what you're doing and people like Shopify puts in place where they can't, and if you don't put your information out there, they're not going to be able to call right. you.
2: No, for sure. Right. Yeah. So I
1: was just like, Whoa, I don't have my information anywhere. Not even on my bank. How the heck did this person find me? Right. Right. So yeah, Zippo, they have their way. So what did you they do when you, mine. what'd you do when you found, found the letter? When you um, read it? I, I was just like shit
0: after shitting yourself
1: i I was just like (laughs) uh uh, what what what, what am i gonna do i have no idea and uh did you write them back no 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 i was like wait i feel
0: like that's the first mistake people make is they write them back no
1: i was just like i asked my dad and he's like yeah don't say anything
2: yeah (laughs) i made i made that mistake too man like if you i I don't know if you kept the store open but i had like a a client relationship go sour and they try to come back like a year later and they're, they're from new york try to get money from me And I got a lawyer to go and like write them back. And then it turned out like I I had spent like $1,500 over $2,500 to write back. And then then the last time I was like, okay, the the point where I was about to not be profitable anymore in this transaction. I'm like, fuck it. I'm not going to write them back. And I never heard from them again. Yeah. Like I feel like there's so
1: much. There's so
0: many easy ways to get people, especially early business owners that don't understand, you know, basic law. That's
1: that's, like, that's our one vulnerable spot, right? Like when we start, we're just testing everything. Yep. And then we're just like, you know, we're just there. And like if you mentally like the people that don't like I was just uh, in Hong Kong at Shopify, they asked me to speak um, for a small event there like e-commerce day. And I was talking to a couple ladies after um, and they were just like, oh, I I can't do this. I can't do this because I have to get this done first and this and this and this. And and it was all like small things like possibly a letter from, you know, Mm. a, a bigger organization just like to scare you and um that is like the proponent i think that's like the biggest barrier for like getting into Business entrepreneurship. If you can't get past that stage, you're never going to be able to continue, mm. right? Well, it's you never the easiest one too. You, you're
2: you're you're delaying yourself on speculation, right? Right. Like that's a horrible All speculation. place to be. Yeah. So it's like I, I think I mean me and Shannon have like a thing where it's like, what's the worst that can happen? It's cease and desist. All right, let's go. Yeah. Like because at the end of the day, like there's not many things where you can unless you're giving giving people stuff that they can consume and yeah. and die from. Like what's the fucking worst that's gonna happen? Yeah. Like nothing.
0: And you kind of want to take on these big problems early anyway. Like yeah. you do want to run into these big roadblocks early yeah. on. You're going to learn the most as quickly as I possible. I mean, I'd rather not, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah you're, you're right. Not, you're right, you're 100%. Yeah. So so did you end up shutting the store down? Or uh, did you the do?
1: store got shut down, but uh, it was funny. Like I asked my dad, he's a small business owner in Watertown, like farm. And he's like, ah, it's just, they're trying to play with you. I'm like, but it's legit. Like, it's like a thing. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's got, got my, it's got my name on it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you <they> know where <laughs> I live. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, uh, and then dad was like, ah, just wait a couple of weeks. And then they send another one. And then I'm just like, dad, like I need to get a lawyer. And he's like, nah, don't worry. I'll call him. I'll call them. And Not then, really? so, he, yeah. And like, he's gone through so much stuff in terms of like business and like so many hard times in the business for like lawsuits and just so many stupid things that he's like an expert like he he called zippo the like attorney and he's like he's like hello i'm so and so i'm the representative of these are my clients like every like if i heard it and i didn't think it was like a farm like a a, a, like a small business owner i would think it was like legit because he recorded gave it to me after and he's like yeah this is just a small uh miscommunication they they haven't even made uh money from it they're just a s- small startup and they're uh like they will um they will shut it down but they're but he said he's he said something like but you know and i know that if we draw this out there's no money here so it's best that you guys just rec- retract your uh, claim but we will give you uh we will tell you and we will shut it down mm. so just that's what i did mm. yep was there like re- a
2: patent pay. thing or yeah
1: it was a patent thing it was like a design thing but then also what they wanted like what they what they wanted they wanted all the financials they wanted because they wanted basically they wanted to get pay, paid out right. for all the sales that we made and i'm just like yeah. man this thing made like 250 and i can't there's no way like over the last yeah, the three months gone, and i'm yeah. just like yeah. i'm like yeah uh, that's why i was more scared was because like they made the claim for the money but in hindsight like it's just like time that's will solve business, everything yeah you know? you know?
0: I think the reality is if we all stay in business for the rest of our lives we're gonna hit situations similar to that but much bigger oh ten yeah. days, <laughs> ten times you know well I was just watching that new Netflix documentary on Bill Gates he got sued by the US government oh my <laughs> God. like we think we have it bad being sued by these other businesses like you know yeah.
2: I feel like so. if it ever got to that point dude if I was, I, I'm just like I don't want to do that like I would just be <laughs> like I'm gonna go I'm gonna go somewhere else like, yeah. I, don't, I, I don't need to live here anymore like fuck it yeah. I got enough money like I I don't I, har- I find it hard to believe I would ever fight like a fight like that where like the US Government? Government. I'd be like, I'm fucking out, dude. Okay.
0: Yeah. Like, well, uh, yeah, at that point, like it's somebody else that's gonna be fighting them for you. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah he it he take on
2: so it I think it would still keep you up at night. That's the thing, right? Like I, I don't yeah. know. Like I, I just don't see I, th- it. I think
1: the I, I agree with that. And I think the the it's not necessarily the money, but I think it's more of like the impact that it'll have on the people in his organization. Right. And I think that's like uh, someone that has built an amazing business and that has disposable income, they're no longer worried about someone taking money from them because they know they're capable in order to get there, but what they're worried about. And I would say the same thing because a couple of situations happened in our, in our company where it was like pretty close to like, okay, a lot of people are going to lose their jobs if yeah. this continues. And I think uh, like a big proponent of that is yeah, if if you get sued by the government, like that's not only going to hurt you, but right. that's going to hurt whatever, the 100,000 people that he's employing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. it's, it's right? a really good point. And yeah. that that would keep me up at night right. like 100%. Yeah. Also
0: so. then you're allocating all these resources
1: to fighting this lawsuit that could be that could be allocated towards building the business. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah. You're like, "Okay, I'm spending whatever $5 million on lawyers. Like how many jobs can that create?" Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, man. So
0: So so how did you go from um, you know, the zippo thing to you know kind of where you are right now with shopify
1: yeah E-com. so i had a few um i had another big story after that uh so that was a winning product i had the hats that were winning product i had a couple small things like i had like a ear wax remover winning product i'm sure you guys all seen you yeah. yeah you just yeah. it's like a little thing you put it in and mm. sh- and pull it out like' it's so dangerous like I would <laughs> never <laughs> sell that <laughs> any a- again, but that was another store that i like i i scaled and then I shut down and then my biggest store was uh the blackhead masks have you seen the blackhead mask well, no. blackhead oh, Masks is like a charcoal mask that you put on your face oh, black yeah, definitely yeah, yeah, I've seen those. and it
0: pulls yeah. out the Blackheads? yeah, yeah. it pulls out yeah. the blackhead
1: okay, and so um I saw that, and I'm like, whoa, if that works, I totally want to get one of mm. those because I'm like uh, I I would say I'm pretty insecure about how the way I look, and I pay attention to myself, and I love looking at myself in the mirror. <laughs> like I, I would say, like that's I don't know, that's one number of my one things. Hobby. Yeah, that's number <laughs> one hobby. Wake up and be like, wow, this beautiful piece of meat. <laughs> um, no, but uh, um, so what I saw that, and I'm like, this is a winning product because by the time I'd already seen a couple things, and I'm like, if that stirs an emotion and security in me, I'm like, whoo, that's mm. that's gonna be right. something. Uh, that is gonna take off, and um and then i did some digging and then i saw on like google trends like it was already like a huge spike and it crashed so i'm like ah oh, it's just been like destroyed by like other dropshippers um and then i'm like what can i do to like change this up and i was reading a couple things on you know like um, just reforming a campaign on how it is, but targeting similar uh, demographics. Um, but what I did was uh, I was looking for video content because what I would do is I would like find different pieces, chop them all up and put them into a new uh, video ad. Mm. So I was like, I was really good at like finding a winning product, finding like a hundred different videos and taking out that small segment from every single one and putting it into a video and then running ads against that. Um, what I did was, uh, was I realized that I, I, I stumbled upon a couple of videos where there were a couple of barbershops in um, Chicago or somewhere that were doing it for men. Mm-hmm. And I was like, good night. Like, this is like, whoo like this is, I was so excited. I was like right away, put everything up. I didn't target. I never targeted one, uh, like lady mm-hmm. in my ads. It's all men all men and then i targeted like barbershop owners with a video and different things and different like and that just like completely blew up i had, like 50 million views on on that specific ad it was just like amazing i scaled like all, like huge and then what happened was was uh i got stuck with like the biggest thing that entrepreneurs get and dropshippers and and, and people that are scaling fast is like cash flow yeah. Like I would say, uh, and that's what I said at Shopify was like the biggest thing that we will deal with always is cash flow, right? It's the same thing with same reason why people like raise money. And like the only reason they raise money is because they know they can grow fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but they can't grow. They don't have enough cash to do that. So they need working capital. They need to raise the money. And so what happened was I got destroyed. I got completely destroyed. I had like over 150 grand stuck in PayPal that was oh, frozen yeah, for 280 days. I was calling like I was freaking out, too, because um, I didn't have any infrastructure like I I scaled this and I'm like, this is this is like this is the pinnacle of business and figuring out the algorithm. And this is the the you know, the the high of my like the highest point of my life directly to like the lowest point of my life where I was getting like death threats, like like thousands of emails every single day of people saying, hey, where's my product? Where's my product? Where's my product? Yeah. And then not enough money to pay, pay suppliers or suppliers didn't have enough product or this, the stuff that were they were sending out was not the right thing. And it's just like absolutely the worst, the worst, uh, like the worst situation ever. Like I'm still I don't have credit anymore, like because of that situation. And like, yeah, it was yeah. just it was so messy. Anyway, through yeah, go ahead. No, I was I was just
0: gonna say, like, kind of elaborate on your point. I feel like just so many early entrepreneurs have to go through that. It's like right when you get on a roller coaster of like doing business. The, the roller coaster starts usually a lot of the times with like a big, 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 big up. And you're like, yeah. it's just going to keep going. This is awesome.
1: And then it inevitably
0: comes back down and you're like, yeah. holy shit, my life is over. Yeah. And then it goes up again and down again. And at the end of it, you can see it in a macro lens, yeah. right? Where it's like, okay, this is just how business is. There's yeah. going to be ups, there's going to be downs, and I'm going to figure out the issues and the problems along yeah. the way. And, and then you're not as affected by it emotionally, right? Yeah,
1: for sure. But, uh, and it's like something that needs to happen. And I like a lot of people say that it's better to learn from other people's mistakes. And I would I would definitely say that, but for me it's really hard to learn from other people's mistakes. But I learned so well <laughs> from my own mistakes. Like or maybe not even. I think I'd still repeat a lot of mistakes, but yeah. Anyway. That was really hard. Mm. Cash flow is difficult, man.
0: So at, at this point are you still drop shipping or were you holding inventory? No, not? I
1: was never I never held inventory.
0: Okay. Oh still. Still, still, still never I
1: still inventory. never held inventory. And uh I think it was a good thing that I didn't hold inventory because I was right. in and out of a lot of different things, and um, anyway, that 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 time, after that time, that's when I moved back home, and uh, like it was a really rough go for me. Like that's that was the the time in my life that I experienced like, like I was always the person that was like mental health issues. That's totally like not a thing. I was always like ripping on everybody that was mm-hmm. dealing with depression and stuff. I was I was I was that farm farm boy that was like tough right yeah Mm -hmm. and so like uh i got just hit i got hit with like major like anxiety and depression and stuff like that and that was like that was very important in my journey because i needed to go through that in order to realize like to give me more self-awareness they're like hey like yeah Mm. but i couldn't do anything like i couldn't do anything and i had uh everything um every everybody after me but i would say the for me, it wasn't, like, when people come after me, that's totally fine. What happened was, and the, the biggest stressor was, um, like, my parents were getting calls at, like, one o'clock in the morning from random people in, like, different parts of the world saying, hey, I bought this uh, this this product and it never came and I got scammed. And, like, that, like, I don't mm. wish that on anybody. And just think, thinking back to that moment, that was, like, the hardest. Like, because, you, you know, like, we... We're all entrepreneurs, and we're we we can take a lot of risk, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't want to risk the people that right. we love.
2: If anything, you're taking the risk to try to mitigate all of everyone. 100%. else's hundred like right? That's like that's like the main driver. like you're taking all this risk that, that they don't have to do yeah. any of that shit, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: and so, so that was yeah that was just hard, but and that I that brought so much self awareness. We're like, whew, like this is legit. Yeah. People actually struggle with this. Uh, actually, people need help, and and uh, yeah, and so I. I got out of it obviously. And, uh, then I start, I tried to start a uh, local, uh, drink business called Maple Aid. It was a, uh, healthy, it was like maple syrup. Uh, it's not maple syrup. It's like maple sap, maple okay. water. And like, I think this is the first time I ever saw you. Yeah. Is that where, yeah, so I think I, I think what, what, I, mean?
2: what I was doing, I don't think I, so I didn't, I didn't meet you until about a, probably like a year ago now. Yeah. But I think the first – so what I was doing was I was at the point where I was running, like, my first business. I was probably – when when were you doing that? You were probably doing that, like – a couple of years ago. Three or four years yeah, ago. Yeah, something like that. It was definitely yeah. when I was still probably like in Bramford, not not yeah. I hadn't moved to Toronto yet. Yeah. And I was just Googling or I was I was searching on LinkedIn for like entrepreneur and then looking at like Hamilton, Bramford, blah blah blah. And I was going through that situation where I don't know when you're when you're trying to be an entrepreneur, you go out and you search for people that other do and you're just seeing what they're doing. Yeah. Or like you're trying to like message them being like, Hey, can I meet with you? All yeah. that kind of shit. And I was like I was like deep in doing that. That's kind of all I do with like my free time. I was like I was yeah. like I wanted to learn and, and all this kind of shit. Um and I think that was the first time I saw, I I'd ever saw you was like on LinkedIn and it was yeah. like, I remember that maple drink. And then I think I follow you on Instagram. I think that's, yeah. and then that's, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yes. LinkedIn. You gotta love just, the internet. <laughs> yeah, Beautiful. I was, just, I was literally just looking for people who had entrepreneur as their business, as their, as their job title or business owner crazy. You know, on LinkedIn. And now we're here sitting doing, <laughs> <it>. that's <laughs> yeah, insane. <epic> yeah. <laughs> super. And they got, yeah. Now doing completely
1: different things, Which not selling amazing. maple drinks and not. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So how did the maple drinks thing?
1: I was terrible. Like it went, (laughs) I I, I spent a lot of time. That was like a, you know, that was like a rebound, right? A a huge rebound from like the the destruction. I'm like, now I'm going to build a brand (laughs) and it's going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be actually a good product with sustainability and actually help people because it was healthy. And I'm like, the the world is going to love it because when you build a good product, people will come and like, it was just, it totally like fizzled out. And, um, yeah, it was just, yeah, I mean, on the outside, it looked amazing. Right. Um, but then that, that is, that, that was like the first time I really put out to people what I was doing. I'm like, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm building this brand and I made myself really vulnerable. And when you make yourself really, re- really vulnerable, it like, you know, you'll get a lot of attacks, mm. right? Yeah. You'll get a lot of positivity and a lot of attacks. And so I got a lot of, a lot of surprisingly, I got a lot of attacks from people in my family and other people, because it was just like this person is striving for success, hmm. and naturally, I think people who you know have quit on their dreams, then will say not so nice things to people that are trying to go out there. Definitely, so, yeah, it's a
0: big barrier to get through. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I feel like my family's been pretty good. O- with it, I, the things that I feel like hurt more are when you hear about it happening behind your back. Oh, that back. is That's the it. worst. Yeah.
2: Because yeah. yeah. it, it's, it's also like, I feel like it's it's the worst when you're like you are in that point where you're like if they only fucking knew yeah. you know what i'm saying it's cuz yeah, yeah. you, you can't go out and be like oh, all you can't do that yeah. but it's almost just like fuck if they only like if they only knew you yeah, know yeah, like yeah. like it's just like they only knew the struggles this is
0: a pivotal moment though because i feel like this really like separates the people oh, separates the men oh, yeah, from the sure. boys right cuz it's like how do you take this in how do you process this now is this like oh fuck maybe the right like i shouldn't do this or is it the opposite of like i'll fucking show them yeah or right? it's like yeah. i knew you were a hater <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: But, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think that's huge. Like, I think these, it's so important to deal with those sort of things. Like, and actually deal with it. Because then it, like, builds tough skin, right? Like, it builds, like.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's just so you many instances anything. where we have to be vulnerable because the feedback is so open nowadays. You put oh, a YouTube yeah. video out, like you're getting that instant right oh, away, yeah, yeah, that hate, now. right?
2: Anyone, anyone who has time to be giving that kind of feedback isn't going to be giving good constructive feedback anyway. <laughs> right. you know, like, For sure. Like at the end of the day, like I know I don't have time to be like looking at what people are doing and like talking about like yeah. shitty things. Like on, like all of my focus is on like, all right, what's they doing? Oh, that's awesome. Or like, yeah. how would we do, do that differently? Like it's always like building on top of not trying to like tear down. Like I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong with criticizing, but you should always be building on top of an idea, not just like yeah. completely taking it out of the need. Yeah, right? and you have to and,
1: see where it's coming from too and the person who is coming from too as well, right? If you respect that person and their their, their critiques, then you really should. That's yeah. I think that's where self-awareness comes in because you have to understand that there's gonna be a lot of uh, critiques from people that have absolutely no idea what they're doing. And especially you guys as, like, hyper-creatives that have, in my opinion, like, beautiful style and, like, design and that sort of stuff. Um, like, if, if I got criticism from you guys, I'd be like, yeah, thanks. That's, like, free advice. But if I got criticism from someone, like, that I... They that, that didn't really have a style that was, like, in my opinion, good or had no background in right. business or had no background in this but just an opinion. Like, people should not listen to that at all.
2: I, I, like, I think a good... I, I always like to think like, unless you're getting the critique from someone that you want to be in some aspect, like unless you look up to that person anyway, like I don't know how much the critiques are, should be like validated unless they're contributing the product or whatever you're doing exactly like on that. But I think personal critiques, like unless you want to be that person, I, I, f- I, ha- I find it hard to ever apply those critiques in, a, in like a constructive way. So it's yeah. like, unless I want to be you in some way or another, or like I admire you for something, like I'm, I really, th- those things go over my head. Cause I have, I have no ability to apply that to myself. Like yeah. Yeah. I can't. Where am I supposed to take that? Like, I don't see where it goes. Like, if it's coming from you, I got to figure out how does that manifest in you, and like, do I actually want
1: that yeah, for, for sure. myself? Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's huge, though, to have that as self-awareness. That's like, I mean, that's the key.
0: Yeah. So, so you're so you're still in in uh, the Toronto area at this point.
1: Yeah. So I had I had come back um, from traveling in Australia, and I was it was so weird because like I had been sleeping in the back of my car when mm-hmm. I wasn't in hospital, mm-hmm. uh, like just on an air mat. And I was totally comfortable with that because I was like, Yeah, I mean, I don't need like anything to survive. I had in Australia did my first water fast eight days and that even brought eight me days. that yeah. even brought me closer to realizing like, well, people don't actually need food every day. And I was just like, Wow, that's crazy. I was mm-hmm. like bringing it was like my my uh like analyzing and like deconstructing how to live as cheap as possible so I could invest every single thing into um growth and, yeah. and business i think that was the biggest thing for me because now i just um someone said yesterday There's like uh when when you're thinking of purchasing something and then you have that second thought of like if you didn't purchase it you saved it um for me i was like no i'm 100 percent paranoid at, at as as like if i bought something or if i paid a lot of money for something if i didn't do that what else could i use that money for that would then produce uh more money right Right. Right. It's like I I was traveling with a buddy of mine in in Hong Kong and we're like, oh, we could spend 200 bucks on a hotel or we could sleep at McDonald's and put that all on ads. It's like if you have that perspective and we did and then we made like whatever X amount of dollars from that. So I yeah I mean that was pretty crazy uh, for me as well. Have you guys ever done a water fast? I haven't Zach, I have did you?
2: I did like a twenty four hour like fast. Yeah. But that's not I wasn't. Yeah, water, it was just I feel 24 like fast just twenty four fast. That doesn't count. It doesn't. It's
1: not a, It's not really yeah. a fast. It's more of just like. A I mean mid- it
0: is, but like I think it's in the context of it, it's meant to be like a water fast like a long.
2: Right. Like a water yeah. fast is like you need water. <laughs> it's like where's you, you, you get? Water, yeah, yeah, yeah. You need yeah, water. Yeah. You can get through a day without. Like without how long water. can you
0: go without water? Something like three days. Uh, I don't know something like that. We recommend it, but yeah, you can. Speaking of water, I'm gonna grab some water. You guys want? You want some water? I'm good. I'm good here. You have so to pee you, soon, but
2: Oh yeah, I'll, I'll do anything. I'll, so the thing feet that's feet been holding
0: me back is, is the, the, I've heard a lot of people say like, I don't know what the actual biological function is, but it's really, really hard to sleep. Hmm. Um, so you, so you don't get a lot of sleep. I don't know. Is that what you found <laughs> doing the eight day fast is for what? Sleeping falling asleep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I think more of like the mental clarity, like in the first three days, I think, um, that's when I think it was like day, day two or day three, that's when your body goes in ketosis. Um, and and then you just have a lot of mind fog and then after like day five, I mean, for me then it was like massive clarity or like day four and then it was just like insane clarity. Really? Yeah, it was really weird. And I like, I would tell anybody to do it. Um, but then again, I would say like, you have to know yourself and if you, if you, if you think you can't handle it or like get like, supervision or whatever. Like I'm not really good at like when I think of something that I'm like, Hey, I want to try this out. Then I'll just try it out. And yeah. I think I'm a bit reckless for that, but I think everybody should do a water fast hundred percent. Cause, and then that, and then it's like your, um, it's like a mind over matter thing, right? Cause you, your body is going to be telling you the first couple days that like, this is, you are dying. Right. it's going to be like you're done pretty much yeah right yeah. and so to get once you get over that then that's can that's when you can be like wow i actually have like mental power yeah, i think it's the same thing when you do the ice the ice tubs anything like that is is so anything where you can get to that point
2: i think yeah. the interesting thing with the water fast is that it's it's passive action you know like whereas yeah. like if you have to keep running it's active action but like yeah. not eating is like passive action so it, i yeah. think in any way sometimes it can even, even be harder because it's just like You know, it's, it's, there's nothing there. You're not actually pushing yourself to do anything. You're pushing yourself to not do something. I think it's even, it probably challenges discipline more than something that would be like active action. But I think anything that, that challenges your, challenges you for your mind, like day to day, it's like, okay, where can, where can I take this power and then deploy it against something else? Right. Anything like that is, is so powerful. I think
1: that's a, I would say too, from the past few years, like that is a very big proponent to success like to do hard things. And a mm. lot of people will say this too, and it's really cliche, but I really believe like you have to do hard things in order to grow. Like, uh, doing my carnivore thing. Like mm. I had to do that to lose pounds. Right. Yeah. And I had to do that to then come to the realization. Then uh, like, I need to clean up my diet and I need to be more, uh, uh, I need to be more focused on how, what am I actually doing and how am I like, you know, energy in versus energy out. And what are my actual goals through that? But I, when I see you guys doing crazy things like cold plunges and stuff, that like that inspires me as well.
2: It's also fun. Like I feel like we we I, we both get bored so fucking easily that it's like all day, entrepreneurs like, get really yeah, bored. Like the day really to day easily. life yeah. is like fuck. Like it's like well, what can we do to like inject uh, radical fun in this? And I think with entrepreneurs, it very rarely manifests itself in like partying because like it's then you can't yeah. work the next day. It's yeah. like how can we get that adrenaline rush or, like that? I don't know, spice to your life without, with it still being able to like, okay, now we're going back to work to actually like yeah. move the, move the needle.
0: Right. Yeah. It's a really practical point. It doesn't, it doesn't even really matter what you do. That's hard. Just do something hard. And I bet yeah. if, if you asked a group of a hundred people, like have, what's something hard you've done recently, I don't know. It's probably something like 10% of them would have done something like yeah, really, think really about hard. It, right? or, had or they're to think just about like, it.
1: yeah, I went, uh, for a walk. That was <laughs> hard. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean,
2: I think the interesting thing is always asking someone, like, what's the hardest thing you've ever done? Yeah. Like, right. I always ask that on a first date. It's like That's one of my, like, a good key first, first date, that's date a good questions. First date.
1: Or that's a really good first interview question, too, when first, you're hiring, too. Yeah, like, what's that the hardest
2: huge. thing you've ever done? I feel like then you get to know that person, like, really, really well. Because, yeah. like, if, the, if there's one if they can't figure out how to like come up with it they probably didn't learn anything from it yeah. right like they, it, yeah they don't have enough pain that, that, that the memory is there stopped, you know? yeah. Like, like, yeah. so it's like it's it's an int- yeah i think then, it's a then great you can
1: see if someone's uh, surface level or they actually have dealt with right. hard things or, yeah. or whatever right yeah. Just and builds like,
2: character most of us have lived in a pretty fucking easy life right like it's yeah. like compared to so it's like how how much like you have to go out of your way to do this. You have to yeah. be someone that, that's willing to do that because you can go your whole life without with really just scraping by, yeah. especially if you're born in Canada. Like, it is it is so We easy. are
1: so fortunate, like, so lucky to be mm-hmm. born in Canada. Yeah. This yeah. is why I think everybody should travel, like, to a third world country by themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. 100%. Like, I would say, like, biggest takeaway prescription drug to do something is... Travel by yourself to third world country, because mm. then then it puts it into perspective. Like I came back uh, on Friday and 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 I heard a couple of people complaining at the airport. I'm like, man, why, why are you complaining? You have it so well off, mm. but it's just because they they don't they don't right. they don't know. Yeah, right. It's not on them that they're selfish people or they're always complaining. It's just no, they just haven't realized that they yeah. that they're so fortunate.
0: Yeah, so. yeah. O- always every time I'm back from China, I have that same thing in the airport right away. Like yeah. you notice that there's way less crowds yeah. immediately <laughs> from, um, upon landing. It's like uh, the other day I came home from China. I was standing in like the terminal and I was like, oh, my God, it's so empty in here. It's so yeah. luxurious. Like you just used to in China, just crowds and yeah. crowds, of people in yeah. heat and everything. And yeah, we have it really good here. So h- how are you finding it living in Asia now?
1: Yeah, um, it's cool. Uh, I mean, so the reason why so I'll, I'll, I'll give like the biggest reason why I moved out to Asia. Um, one of the reasons was uh, I had I, I hired my first uh, employee, which was a VA and he was from the Philippines. And um, I had tried to hire a couple of people or convince a couple of people to work for me in Canada and didn't work out where they worked for a little bit and then they complained. And this this gentleman was just like amazing. And I was just like, wow, this is this is this is this is how I'm going to be able to build an amazing business. And and also a, a huge proponent of it was cost, right? Cost per startup. Um, I didn't have uh, what I needed to uh, start up the 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 maple aid the, the maple uh, drink business that I I had was I needed ten grand. I need ten mm-hmm. grand to have ten thousand units of my of my drink. Okay, and I had, I had already been like fifteen grand deep. Now this was after this was after. Um, I had made a ton of money, but then it got eaten up from credit cards and like disputes yeah. and everything. Right. And I was like, wow, like I don't even I don't even have 10 grand to do this, to do this maple what, business. What was that feeling
2: watching that number just slowly get eaten away? Did you, did you watch it day to day? Was that when you're in like that depression kind of mode? Yeah, were you, were I you watched, watching it. Oh,
1: I watched. And that was like that was like, you know when when reality bleeds like, you know, death is easy when you just get shot in the face, but when you're bleeding out from your neck, like right. shit, that's painful, right? That's <laughs> yes. cruel. Right. And so like uh that that was that was that was that was the predicament that I was in where I was watching like all this money that I had made, quote unquote made right and never been able to touch it or ever. Right? Mm-hmm. That's just a number on a screen. And I'm like, who like the, the reality hit me where I'm like okay, I mean, you could make a couple million bucks, but if you only have 1% or minus 10% <laughs> of that, like, it's better to make 100 a, a grand and make, like, 20% of that mm-hmm. than, you right, know, right. such a big number. And, um, yeah, that was a big realization. But then doing the maple drink business, uh, like, that was just, like, hard and paid. That was, like, hard. Like, getting, like, the formulation and, like, I put a lot. Like, I was making calls every single day. Like, I was putting, like... Blood, sweat, and tears into that, and and because I also told everybody, I'm like, this is the next, this is gonna be, the, it's gonna be on every single shelf ever. And I had been inspired. So my my cousin, who's now in business, uh, we do business together. Um, uh, his name is Sebastian Vorman, and he uh, his his grandpa came over here and he started uh, Vorman Cookies, which is you can find Vorman Cookies in every single oh, store yeah, ever. Oh yeah, okay. And um, they just sold. They they got acquired. Um, and I was always like, wow, that is like, they did it with cookies. So why can't I do it with a drink? Like consumables. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is amazing. There's like, uh, like it's a real brand. And, and I just put like, I put everything. And then I told everybody too. I'm like, this is going to be, this is going to be the greatest thing that is out there. And like for, for that not to happen, especially in the family that we, that I'm in, it's, it's like, yeah, it's, it was hard. So um, how did you
0: find the point where you thought, you know, this isn't going to work the way that I thought it was?
1: In, in terms of
0: uh, like, like with the maple syrup business, you're, you're saying that there was a point where you're like, this isn't going to be what I thought it was going to be originally.
1: Yeah. So I <laughs> the, like when I had to uh, spend like when I had to get 10,000 right. uh, 10, units and I actually had a purchase order from like a standing purchase order from uh, Goodness Me for okay. it to put it into their nine locations. Hmm. And so there was that crossover where like, OK, now, now I need to I've got this nine store chain. Uh, I've got this drink. It just needs to be, it's already formulated. It just needs to be put in. I need to get it produced. And then I had all the things lined up and they were just like, okay, this is going to take, it's going to be, it's going to be three months until you get the thing. You need 10 grand here. You need 10 grand here. And then it's going to be another, you need to find a distributor. Mm -hmm. And there was just so many pieces that I had to like line up and the cost of that. Well, it was like, I'm not going to see a return until like three years Mm. or like two years. And then what I did was I went down to like small business, uh, I tried to get a loan obviously I couldn't because mm-hmm. I had blown my credit score right then I uh, then there was like a there was grants like a small business grant five five grand here ten grand here and I, I wrote a whole business plan and I put so much energy and uh, and then I ended up what happened was I didn't even get it like I, I got told that my business model wasn't good enough so I was just getting nose after nose after nose after mm-hmm. nose and then I'm realized like okay This is going to take a long time. I know the success that I had before, which is really important. Um, If I didn't have that, I probably would have given up and and probably worked for someone, but I had like, there was so many more pieces that I had lined up. Now that I think back, um, I just had to get a few more pieces and I had to get money and I didn't, I didn't get the money. So if I got the 10 grand, if I got the 15 grand, that would have launched onto uh, like the way I look at it now, if I went if I went there, it would have literally launched me into a spiraling death uh, hole that would just eat me up uh, and like take all my money mm. because like and, and hats off to any entrepreneur that is in the retail space that has a, a, a product that they've been able to get into stores and all that stuff because I've been through that. And if there's anybody listening that's in that right now, like hats off to you and mm. you're killing it because I've been through that and it was the hardest business I've ever been in my life. Like in terms of everything, mm. it's just crazy. Um, I even went down to, uh, like a couple uh, conventions and everybody's like, yeah, it's good. It's good. I was trying to get distribution in the States. It's just a lot of work, just a lot. And then, so I, I just had a moment of realization where I was like, Hey, listen, I got to go back into e-commerce and I got to go back into drop shipping and I got to go back into this model where the barrier to entry is a lot lower. Mm-hmm. And then I got to move. I was like, I did a lot of research on, okay, what's the best place to do it? I'm like, Asia is the best place to do it because I got China and I've got uh, the Philippines and I got India. And in terms of like employment and building mm-hmm. a creative team, that's the cheapest place to do it in terms of sales and everything like that. And I'm like, let's go. And I packed my bags, booked a flight for a week later and I went and I visited uh, the one employee that I had at the time in uh, the Philippines. And so what was that like? That was weird. Yeah. Like that was like, that was, that was like, wow. I was like, I got off the plane. And how, like, how
0: long have you been working with this guy before you went? Like three him? weeks. And oh, I told him,
1: nice. <laughs> yeah, or like yeah, yeah, a month maybe. Okay. And we're on and off. And, and then I told him, I said, hey, I'm going to calm down. We're going to partner up and we're going to build this amazing company. I told him. And then a yeah. week
0: later I was there. And does this guy still work for you? No,
1: unfortunately not. Like, uh, it was, it got really messy. Like we Mm -hmm. built up a a team. Then it like was so many, like it was just, it was a bad partnership. Like I was hyper growth and he was really conservative. Mm -hmm. So he, he he wasn't, he's not really, he's a super smart guy. We're not really an entrepreneur in terms of Mm -hmm. taking risk. Um, and he couldn't manage, uh, the team, which is totally fine. But he, I think he's doing well now as he had just had the smaller, uh, mindset. Mm-hmm. um and uh yeah it got really messy but then we um we parted ways he took uh a few of the clients that we had because we 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 started doing client work outsourcing and um and uh yeah then that that was the next step in uh in the journey so so, so like now you're you do you
2: think you always want to be stationed out of the, like, do you like the lifestyle like outside of business yeah lifestyle wise like what's your lifestyle like is like food good and stuff like yeah food, like,
1: yeah I mean it's, um, you got to find it, right? right? Right. Like there's some really bad food here, but you got to find the good places, right? <laughs> For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so stationed out there, like my dream is to have like a global company. That's why it, w- it our company used to be called Apollo creative group. Mm-hmm. Now it's Atlas creative group. And that has a lot of subsidiaries underneath it. Uh, that's like the umbrella, uh, corporation. And so we've got different brands and I want to create service companies and like we're really working on like it's, it's all over the place. Yeah. But my dream is to have uh, like a global company that impacts like lives around the world and works with businesses around the world as well. Right. So it's not specifically catered to Asia. Asia is just the the best place in terms of like product because you got China, which yeah. everything is built in China. Um, And that was a big thing, too, because coming from retail or like producing a product here in Canada, I was like, wow, there's like so (laughs) much. There's like you can't do it. Yeah, it's it's,
2: it's pretty interesting seeing that, too. And it's like I think that a lot of people who don't aren't in business, they don't realize, one, how cheap it is to make things, but like also everything that's in between making that product and actually getting into someone's hands, like it costs more to get into the hands than it does to actually fucking make it. And then if you, if you even try to make it here or anything like that, like unless you're competing in like the luxury. Yeah. Or you have deep deep pockets
1: for sure. For sure.
2: Like, I mean, but even like the cost of goods, right? Like unless you, unless you're competing like with like luxury brands, right? It's, it's not gonna, you're not gonna make something that's affordable for people here.
1: Yeah. That's a huge, that's a huge, it's so, it's crazy. And I, I tried it, right? Like I tried it with the, with the drink. And it was hard. Hmm. I I, like, if I think of it, uh, if I had, let's say 500 grand at the time or 150 grand, 200 grand, uh, I could have, I could have pushed it, but then I probably could have run out of money again as well, right Right. down the road. Then I would have been in a a deeper uh, situation. Right. right? So,
2: so right now with where you are, you said you're doing a little bit of client services. You're doing like, you're doing essentially like a lot. You're, you're very wide. What do you like spending your time doing? Oh, I love
1: building brands. Okay. I'll, and I love sales and I love like uh, building teams cool. like that is my uh, like I made that huge pivotal, uh, pivotal moment after. So I went to Asia, then I, I had this uh, partnership, then I broke that off. And that moment I was like, OK, for me, no more client work right now. We're going to focus on what I love doing, which is building brands. And I'm like, we are going to figure this out. And so um that's that's where we took off. That's what I love doing. Um we do uh we do, we do uh, service business as well. We've got an outsourcing company called Atlas Support. Um we work with a couple small uh you know organizations. We actually have uh, uh one of our cool guys from Canada. Um you guys probably know them. You know Nelk? Do you yep. know Nelk? Yeah. Yep. The Nelk Boys. Yeah. So we do all their customer support when they do drops and stuff like that. Actually, cool. uh I was in the States when they did their last drop, which was, uh, April 1st, I think April 1st or maybe June, June 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did, they broke Shopify. I did 2.5 million in one hour. Jesus.
0: fuck! What did they drop?
1: What, what were they selling? Merch. Like merch, like clothing. 2.5. And That's actually exactly. I'm not really supposed to say this cause I was at, uh, <laughs> I bought, uh, our brand, the, the, the acquisition that we just had Mellow, uh, wear Mellow on Instagram, mm-hmm. the leggings brand and i was in columbus at the time and the agency that they're working with that's doing all their merch uh because of our relationship that's why we're doing all the support um um they like they like as i was driving down there they're just like this is going to take a little bit longer because they like they broke shopify like their uh, their their um whatever the apps that they had on there just like Matt, like 2.5 Big ones in one hour with like no had, ad spend probably. No, no ad <laughs> spend at all. And they, I think they had like two grand on ad spend just for like <laughs> a follow up. And they and and it's because they pushed it. And they had uh, they had people in the checkout like they oversold. They oversold. They mm. like I think they had like only two million in terms of inventory. They oversold. That's. And um, like our team, because I went back to Asia like two weeks later after that, and it was like. I feel sorry for some of the guys that purchased like some of their fan base because um, our team was dealing with like uh, people that like a month and a half later didn't get right, stuff, yeah. right? Because they're like, right. they're just like when you get hit with that, like I knew yeah. it was going to happen. yeah So like our customer service, like we did all their, we do all their customer support. We had uh, 10 or 15 people on their account for that for like a month. That's a and lot a half. of people. Thought, yeah, a month yeah. and a half. Well, just think of it like the amount of, they had 80, they had like 80,000 people at one time on Google analytics, like I saw oh there 80,000 yeah. people one time, like what at one moment, 80,000 people in a room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not, not possible. That's a, <laughs> it's a Rogers center. Yeah. <laughs> no, not the, what, the Rogers center is what? Like
0: it how, might be less than that. No, it's know. like 30. No, it's got I have a, no idea. It's 30,000. Cause
1: like. Uh, like Grant Cardone just had his 10 X conference in a stadium in the States. And that was, it fit 35,000 people. Oh really? Yeah. So wow. like, 80,000 people. It's a lot lot of 80,000 people is a lot of people. So how has
0: it been? How has it been with, with that support agency that you've built out? It it was something Zach and I were considering um, as we were building out support for multiple brands. We're like, this could definitely be a service that could be offered to people.
1: Yeah. It's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really, it's really important. Like we are trying to focus now on getting bigger clients. So like it doesn't, for us, it's not profitable because what we do is, um, the difference between us and like, let's say Upwork, if you go to Upwork, um, you're going to hire one or two people. It's hard to build a team, but we are trying to focus on, uh, for that business specifically, like Atlas Support, it would be more of like someone that wants a 24-hour support team. So whether that being uh, like inbound calls, whether it being emails and uh, live chat specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, Not so much calls, we don't really like uh, doing calls um, because there's there's that other element for it. Live chat's amazing, Um, but having that one minute, two minute response time, for any business is super important and then also having that um that that live chat like that accessibility to mm, a human right right to answer yeah. any specific questions because the amount of times that i've gone on websites and i'm just like man all i want to do is now talk to just one person i don't want to have to look through 20 pages or i don't have to even look through uh like the q the the q a section to figure out what my answer right. is i just want to ask somebody and get a response right. and then i'll make the purchase decision yeah right so we see that uh, over the next uh, little while being um built out but i would say is you can work with an agency but at the end of the day it's probably better to just build uh your mm-hmm. own infrastructure out, right. out out there like if you have the if you have the time and if you have the money and if you have the push i would say 100 percent. because i'm always looking at uh you know the way what i did and that's a business that we have we don't really make a lot of money there but if someone really wants to like scale or have something scalable it's really a good idea to just go down to asia and maybe open up a company and uh, set up a, a outsourcing company for yourself mm. there
0: yeah, customer service no doubt plays like such a huge factor into, you know, the experience that that e-commerce yep. brands are giving to their customers. Yeah. So so out of the because I'm seeing like all these all these videos on Instagram, of like a ton of employees that you have in the Philippines. Yep. So where, where are you employing all these people into your business?
1: Yeah. So uh, right now, um, it's really it's by the way, it's really cool for me even to like think about it, that our team has gotten to the point where it's at because. Um, I remember like when we had one, uh, one person, two people, three people, five people, 10 people, and even at 10 people, I was like, wow, like, this is cool. Yeah. Like, um, but how, how, what, there was a big thing that changed for me. And like, w- we saw hyper growth in our company when I chose to change my mindset in how I do business. And that was first seeing how many people we could impact. Rather than looking at our top line net, looking at our, our, our gross and looking at how, what ways that I can, uh, deploy that extra money that we have into growing and scaling. So over the last two years, we've never made $1. Like mm. we've never, we've netted, uh, we've never netted more than 10 grand. Hmm. Mm. So over the last two years, we've never netted more than 10 grand. So in our business bank account, everything has always gone back, injected back into this system in order to hiring teams and building uh, teams like that or, or building on new ideas. And we've lost a lot of money, like a lot of money on, on growth. But if you, if you look at it, the big picture, then um, that's what's gotten us to where we are. So we're about 200 people as of now in our Philippines office. And then uh, just uh, about fifteen to twenty people in China, um, that influxes and goes up and down based on uh, our uh, the amount of products that we ship out mm-hmm. and stuff like that. In the Philippines, uh, our goal is to buy Christmas. So two months, our goal is to uh, have like five hundred uh, wow. people in our team. So we just got a new office, um, and that's just us getting started. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, um, like I would love to see us have like. 10 or 20 or even a hundred thousand employees in the next, uh, 10 years. And that, that is not specifically, uh, in, in one location, but in multiple different locations and then also remote. And I think that like, if you asked me last year, even saying that would make me uncomfortable. Cause I was like, Whoa, that that's a really crazy number. That's like getting to the next level mm-hmm. of, of, a, of a thing. But that mentality is what's gotten us to where we are today. Like the only thing, cause I, cause Remember, like now I know, I know how, what I need to live, which is not a lot, mm-hmm. right? I know that I have to give more than I want to receive. And I know that every single person that's built an actual billion dollar company or a, like a, a heavy company, they only own a certain percent of that company, right? If you look at, if you look at Amazon, mm-hmm. Jeff, how much does he own now, Right. Uh, he you like he, he, fifty percent yeah, less after yeah, 50, the divorce. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just gonna say like he, he had what? He had maybe ten or twenty percent. Now it's yeah. like half of that. Mm-hmm. Right? Um uh Zuckerberg, like what, sixteen percent, like mm. all these all these people. And I think that's the the formula is you have to give as much as you can. So right now I'm in the mode of like partnership, partnership, partnership all all the time, as much as possible, and then scale, scale, scale. How how much can we how, how big can we grow this? And that's been empowering. Like, so my full-time job is just to like inspire, empower people. Mm-hmm. Like I never, I never do any like practical things. Like, uh, we've got a board in, in the Philippines and in China. That was the biggest thing. I never see any of the money. I never touch any of the money. All employees get paid. And then there are people that are, are smart enough in order to handle the distribution of that. Both. I just make sure like, uh, you know, we grow and, and I, and that's, that's pretty cool. But in terms of Going back to your question, sorry, such a long answer was. Um, they do a variety of things. Uh, um, yeah, because it support. sounds like
0: you're—they're you're, not just doing customer support. Yeah, as, as most people who are hiring the Philippines yeah. do, like you—you yeah. you have them doing some higher-level stuff, yeah. right? Um, let me just go to the washroom. And yeah, we'll yeah, talk you about could, it. You absolutely yeah. can. Yeah. yeah, I'm interested to hear. Like you know how how one goes from like you know hiring all these people that you have in the Philippines so yeah. like now where where do you get the management levels when you have yeah. to start like building out the structure right right it's probably it's the only it's the only thing that enables scale you can you can
2: you can keep hiring you, can't, not manage getting, you can't manage all these yeah. people yeah which
0: is which is where I feel like we are at with some of the businesses it's like there's there's a lot of good people but there there might be lacks of like communication or somebody looking over it when or there's, waiting on approval for things days you know do nothing
2: you know like we had that yesterday it, you yeah know, like we. Got to our end of our day and we're ready to hand something off, you know, overseas. Where yeah. like they're starting their day and it's just like, well, we're fucking tapped, <laughs> we're tapped out. You know, we don't even have yeah. the energy to to, to delegate. So I'd be interested to see like how he does this because I think I think that's like, if we want to, uh if we do decide to like grow more in Asia, I think it's mm. that's the key to it. I think you can always hire that those low, low level employees. It's like yeah. but how can you like
0: actually make sure that they're producing as much as possible? Yeah, I don't know. It sounds it sounds like going there and just like really building relationships yeah, with those people is going to be a, a yeah.
2: It's I say that, say that I say that like I'm not excited too. I, it's I not love a traveling. bad place to be, like no, the Philippines. No, I, know? I, I I actually look forward to it. Yeah. It's just, um, uh, yeah. Maybe w- I feel like winter time is a better time to do that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, summertime I don't want to be there. You want to be here. Want to be here in the summer. Yeah. yeah. Philippines in the. Wonder what it's like there in the winter. It's probably just still hot. Yeah. Honestly, anything
2: better than it's better than snow for me.
0: To be honest. Yeah. yeah. We got to plan a but trip for after, after Christmas. After Christmas, yeah. After Christmas trip. Yeah, how far how far in are we? we? We've been talking for quite a while. I think we're about
2: an hour and a bit oh. in. Yeah, Beauty.
0: yeah. Probably like wrap. So. That was just, like yeah. That, yeah. that was like
1: Niagara Falls in there. Was crazy. <laughs> 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 we're in Toronto, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, so we
2: were well. just talking about mm. management of and man- management of. Um, of the of the employees in the Philippines then also kind of like t- making that transition from like right now like all of the only people that we really hire in the Philippines are people that are kind of customers more. I know you have some people doing some more high level stuff like I think you have someone doing like email and stuff but like nothing that's I think I don't know nothing that you can kind of like let run if that makes sense,
0: right? Yeah. Not not not, not super high level management at this point, yeah. which sounds like it sounds like you've got a good kind of structure built out there.
1: Yeah, I mean like the like I'm really fortunate and like people like when people ask me or they say like whoa like what you've done is crazy i, I would say like I, I i didn't i didn't really do it like i just found people that were um that had similar visions and mm-hmm. and wanted to grow and then they came along and and did that with me and our company and so and that's how i know that we're going to get from here where we are to the next level and i wouldn't say that like that's just because of me that's not because of me and that's because of like everybody in the company and um in terms of like hiring people that have higher uh, level of um, management skill, I think it's it's really important to like go down there because people that have higher level management skill, they're not m- probably not necessarily on Upwork or mm-hmm. on a freelance uh, website. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, I think that's, that's pretty cool. But finding people that are similar to you and, and their, their beliefs and their, their, their growth plans and people that are really hungry, right. Mm-hmm. And other entrepreneurs that are okay with being what well, entrepreneurs that are like entrepreneurs, right? Yeah. So.
0: That's cool, man. Yeah. It, it, it sounds like you also had some uh, s- s- people that they're doing like outbound sales calls.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. So that's that's where we we were gonna go into, right? Just yeah. The, uh,
0: I think that's, that's sure. That's yeah. Super. Con- yeah. Super it's it's interesting.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um. I mean, so uh, a big aspect, like our, our, I would say maybe sixty percent or seventy percent of people in our office, our sales. And mm-hmm. so we do a couple different things. We do social selling. We don't do any up on calls. We do up on emails. We do up on uh, social and that's to drive traffic and awareness to the brands. It's also to find partners is also to, to find like investors, different sort of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, we have like a, an extremely high churn for people like turnover of, uh, salespeople. Um, so like on Monday, next Monday, we'll have like 50 people come into the office and like 20 people or ten, twenty 20 people will stay after that. And then 10 people will stay after one or two weeks. And then there'll be five after hmm. uh, a month or two months. Um, so you mean like you're filtering these people for like the, the employees
0: that you want to keep around.
1: Right. Well, it's just like system. So, okay, maybe I'll just give a little back backstory, uh, on, uh, like uh, another proponent for growth. Cause I think this is really important. Um, uh, when I went to the Philippines, I met a gentleman who um, had a very successful business. Uh, he had like 500 employees, or he still has, in, in, in the States, in Vegas, um, and then like uh, 1,000 or 2,000 in the Philippines, in Asia, and then Bulgaria. Um, just amazing business, and, and what he does is he has a uh, an agency working with small businesses. He also does a lot of cold selling, and he does it's telemarketing, so he's always calling his his team is calling people every, hmm. every, every day, right? Like hundreds of calls every day. And then I'm, I asked him like, like, how did you do that? I'm like, how did how, like, how can someone grow like such a big team? And he said, like, you have to have system and processes and then you just have to fill the pipeline. Hmm. Right. And I think that's like this, the biggest thing, the biggest proponent. Um, and naturally I'm not that type of person. I'm just like, just, do this and that's how you do it. And that like, I suck at writing things down and like formulating. Mm. Uh, And so what I did was after that, I just was like, Hey, listen, like if this can work on calls, this can work on social and this can work on, uh, on emails and stuff like that, just like cold selling Mm. anything. And so we do that to drive traffic uh, Mm. for the brands. But what I did was I, I, I created scripts. I worked on it and then I proved it myself and then uh, I applied that and we hired people on and then we're just like, Hey, this works, mm-hmm. but it only w- it like, and this works like it sales work anywhere, but you just have to make sure that at the end of the day that you're positive, right? Cause it's hard to hire a salesperson here. Um, I mean, it's expensive. It's not hard, right? It's really expensive and you don't know if they're going to be able to perform. Mm. And so that's just the, the simple equation that, um, yeah. So it it
0: comes down to the processes that you build, right? Yeah, coming all the way back to sales at the beginning. Yeah, uh, I mean, on
1: the on the way here, like I do, like we've got a a couple group chats with like everybody in the company, and so I try to record a video once a day or once uh, when I can, and so uh, like I did a video like driving up here, and I'm like, all right, guys, so I'm filling. uh, I hope you guys are doing great. Yada yada yada. A couple updates, and I'm like, all right, now I'm going to Toronto. I'm working on filling my pipeline. And my pipeline is getting more awareness and content for the company, for our movement, right? Mm-hmm. And who knows who's going to be listening to this podcast and who, what sort of value this will bring. But it's just taking action. And it goes back to what we were talking about before, too. It's just like take the opportunity. And when you were messaging me, I was like, oh, my goodness. I have no, like I'm so booked out for time. But then you're right. like podcast. And I'm like, let's do this. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah cool. absolutely, so. man.
2: That's what, I think that's one of the reasons why we really want to start the podcast, right? Like I think everybody that we want to talk to is busy as fuck, right? So yeah. it's like, we're going to give them some sort of value as well. Oh, with the and podcast, listen, right?
1: like I've thought of this too, but you're the position that you guys are in right now. It's like the biggest leverage, like have someone on, ask them to share what they want to share. And then if you guys have like, now you, now our connection is a lot bigger and right. a lot stronger and whether we do business in the future it's going to help both of us out but even if you guys had a product to sell or something at the end but not only for listeners but for the people that you bring on and you could bring on anybody right yeah and then you have them like in the same situation or scenario yeah. right which 100%, is hundred cool. man.
0: it's it's such a good opportunity to hear like your backstory and yeah. like really go deep into it and you know it's, it's hard to get these kinds of conversations yeah, yeah, and like yeah, yeah. everyday
1: yeah. social yeah. interactions right what so. um I, I would just be in like i know we're running a little uh, long here on time but I think it's I think it's totally fine but I would love to hear since we're on here I'm not sure if you guys have shared a bit of mm-hmm. your uh, story maybe in the last po- podcast but I know that future people that are that you guys interview may not ask these questions but I'd love to hear where you guys started mm-hmm. and how you guys connected like okay. how you guys connect, and how uh, like how how is this happening right now
2: really I feel like we have actually we, we, we dove into this on a, on a podcast that actually got scrapped I don't think we talked about or mm-hmm. how we on the, on the f- what's going to be the first podcast? I think we actually got into that about how we how we connected. Yeah,
0: we scrapped. I think the first episode. The we, first, didn't we didn't scrap it. it, it, was it, just like it just <laughs> we scrap it. It was you know it it was like, it's like the first pancake. You know,
2: you, yeah, you, it's never good. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's the, oh, yeah.
1: I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna. That is so good. That was <laughs> our throwaway, right pancake. Here. The throwaway Let's pancake. The throwaway <laughs> pancake. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's like the first pancake. It's never good. Yeah. So I mean,
0: I I think. Yeah, Zach. Why don't, why don't you go into a, like a bit about your background, how you started in business? Yeah, so like
2: my my background and, yeah. is like I was Let's in go. high school. Like I'll we'll, we'll try Let's to go all the way level, but like all the way back, <laughs> in, all the way back. <laughs> in, yeah, like in so high school. A fetus. day one, <laughs> <So it's>, day, <laughs> day one. I mean, the first kind of like, for, I mean, first job I had was a paper route. That's super. That's so bingo. Yeah, it's. So, I mean, it's so cliche, but it was. It was. I wanted. I wanted a dirt bike. Didn't have money. My mom's like, if you buy a dirt bike, you, and I was like, hey, I got a paper route, started delivering papers, saved up money, bought a dirt bike, Got your and, dirt now, bike. and now I love motorcycles. And Ooh. my mom and my mom still fucking hates them. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then so that was like the first time I started to make money. And then I was in high school, played a ton of sports, didn't have time to have a job realistically. Like, like I, I couldn't work at like a restaurant or something. I, I, cause I, I would work out in the morning and then after school I'd have practice. So like I didn't really have time for a job. Um, broke my leg in grade 10. Was like in the same position as I you this is
0: what we're coming to. <laughs> yeah. You're starting from breaking your leg in grade 10. For sure. That, that's <laughs> a, huge, that's a huge part of I your sport.
2: I wouldn't have started my business in high school if I hadn't broke my leg. Because ah. it was the same situation as you sitting in the hospital. You had nothing to do, but you had a computer. Yeah. And it that, that's when I started learning Photoshop, I started learning design software, uh, I started learning video
1: editing. By the way, guys, like this gentleman right here, Shreds on Photoshop. Like his design <laughs> skills are insane.
2: So, and just started designing, being, yeah, like being at home for a, for a summer with a broken leg. Um, and then started doing client services, did, did client services throughout high school. And, and, you know, made enough money that I was like, it was like working a part time job, but I didn't have to go in anywhere. Went away to university. What is it?
1: client services on,
2: in what? Like design. It was like okay. I was building websites. I was shooting videos. I was just doing like a bunch of creative work. And then uh, went away to university for media production. Thought I wanted to direct documentaries. That really quickly became to like I also love money and I love, I love business. And like yeah. those two worlds. You love freedom. Clash. love freedom. And like documentary filmmaking wasn't that. Um, and then dropped out of school for a client project that was large. And then kind of. After a year of being out of school, working on a client project, uh, I went. I dove full into like doing client services full time as like through Vanquish Media for my company, um, and then I was actually doing a client job in in Mexico where I met one of Shane's b- business partners and his Yogaware brand on a yoga retreat. Um, and we then I shot a video for Shane's yoga company, and then we started jamming. Like that's and here we are. We were yeah. like, bro, you
0: surf? Yeah, yeah we're like, <laughs> we're like, like bro, yeah. You're you surf? Surf? like yoga? like <laughs> and, you surf? and you surf, dude. I like to surf yeah. too, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start an empire together. Yeah. <laughs> Classic Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty much how it went. Yeah, that was that's super
2: high level, but it was like yeah. I started doing client services, and then all, always loved creating products. Always loved the idea of building a brand mm. and then the last I would say the last year has been me slowly transitioning from doing client services I still do client services to pay my bills um, that's kind of what pays me to live is doing client work yeah. and then everything else kind of goes into building the brands um, and yeah that's kind mm. of where I'm at now that's So cool and, yeah and that, that's uh, that's where
0: bridges cross that's where business bridges, bridges cross yeah that's that's where swords cross. cross that's where it was swords Our swords cross. cross. <laughs> <laughs> that's where our swords
2: cross <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's my story, I think, and then I'll let you go. Into yeah, I mean, life. I don't want
0: to go too too deep into things, but
1: I I uh. Why don't, you wanna go, why don't you want to go too deep into that? Well, I don't want to start crying on the podcast. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh,
0: so yeah, I was I was in university uh, going to school to be a gym teacher because I thought it'd be cool to wear sweats to work every day and I thought that'd be a good life. And then I just kind of hit like this personal crisis right around like second year where, you know, I just felt like I was wasting time, wasting my parents' money, didn't know what who I was or what I was doing. And I actually stumbled across a video by Jim Rohn. I don't, are you familiar with Jim no. Rohn?
1: He's, wait, Jim Rohn is like... He's older,
0: right? He's older. He's, like, one of the godfathers of, like, the personal development movement and, way back. And
1: MLM stuff, too, right? Or not? Yeah, yeah MLM, yeah. I listened to, what, the fir- I think I listened to one, Jim yeah, Okay, Rone. yeah. I love his voice.
0: Oh, I know. He's got this, like, grandfather, yeah. uh, this, like, dad voice that Amazing. just, like, puts you just, anyway, yeah, so I came I came across <laughs> him, and, and it kind of opened up my eyes to this personal development world I didn't know about, um, and it... Like, I remember, like, listening to that, it completely changed my mindset around. Like, it just, like, it hit home. Like, you know when you, like, it felt like when somebody picks up a sport and they're good at it right away. Like, it it just felt, something was right about it where I'm like, I need to continue down this path.
1: like, this is my purpose.
0: There's something around this. I didn't know what it was, but I just, like, kind of dove all into that industry. Like, spent the last two years of university just diving through, like, all the big personal development guys like listen to everything Tony Robbins had at the time, which was like CDs. It was like buying CDs for a car. This was like before YouTube. Right. So I had listened to like everything on YouTube at the time with personal development motivation to where like a new video would come up on YouTube and I'd know about it. It's crazy now. I listened to that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I've listened to all the ones on YouTube, which is crazy now because there's so much, right? Like you could never listen to everything that's out on YouTube, but this is before podcasts and all that stuff. Right. So my mindset definitely changed a lot. Um, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I read that one too. Yeah, great one. And that and his big advice was you got to get experience in sales. Yeah. So I went out, I got a sales job, slinging gym memberships right out of university. That's and pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, met a business mentor that I had sold a membership to. And you know, long story short, she I saw her building a really cool brand and I realized I was trading my time for money. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to quit this. I'm going to start building something. Uh, At the time, I had a friend who was building a store on Shopify. He showed me his sales and I'm like, fuck it. I'm out of this job. Let's fucking build a business.
1: All you need is to see the numbers and you're just like, That's why the Shopify
0: screenshots work so well for all those guys selling courses, right? You
1: you don't get any information about like, okay, what what is NAD? What are are the (laughs) metrics behind it? No, it's just like, boom, numbers. And you're like... Let's go. Let's go. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. So, you know, tried a couple different stores, a couple different products. The first things didn't work. It's, you know, a similar story to yeah. what you had. Um, and then I tried, you know, I thought I'd have a background in fitness. Maybe there's something that I understand yeah. in, in that area. Uh, tried selling some stuff to men. It didn't work. And I was like, you know what? Girls, that's who's yeah. buying stuff online. What can I sell in the fitness realm? That's, you know, that girls will buy. Kind of landed on yoga pants, put like yeah. a, a, drop shipping yoga wear brand up, got some initial sales right away. That's and, cool. and then that kind of took flight. Yeah. So yeah, I've been running a brand called Namasthetics for going on three years now. Yeah. Uh, th- that was the brand that finally got some weight behind it. Yeah. Um, and the one that Zach had shot for, so uh, yeah. that's where our paths kind of crossed, and and since then we've, I've, you know, we've we've tried to figure out a system where we can build brands yeah. in a really cool and creative way that, that are going to scale really fast. Um, so now we're, you know, I'm focused on building big brands that are going to last for the long term uh, under kind of like our foreplay pr- four umbrella that we have, where yeah. we're trying to build out a system uh, that we can run ourselves, but also offer to other people. Yeah. So foreplay is a mix between like, you know, kind of like a private equity fund of brands, uh, that we're also offering the system
1: out as it's, a service. It's, it's so cool. Cause like, we're really doing things on so many s- similar levels, but yeah. like, that is the, like, I mean, that's the way, mm. right? Like yeah. if you look at like our journey, Up to this point, like if you really want to be on the top and if you really want to be connected, you have to open up that umbrella. You have to be doing design. You have to be doing branding. You have to be doing, you know, building like and it can go anywhere, right? Like you guys can sell a brand in X whatever next year, a couple of years from now, like it, it brings your connection, like doing a podcast even like this is really cool.
2: Yeah, man, it's a lot of fun. What you guys are doing is really. This like, is probably really like cool. honestly, I think the podcast for me is like in terms of like things I do for work, which is just, this is not work at all, but yeah. like definitely I like probably the funnest thing. Like we have the best thing job. Do. Yeah, hundred percent. Because
1: no one yeah. tells us what to do. Like, Wait, oh, well, what day is it? What day is it today?
2: it's wednesday it's oh wednesday i don't even know do you know what day it is i, know, I don't know the day i know either. what day it is because it's fucking facebook page score day that's oh, the only yeah. reason why <laughs> i know that it's wednesday yeah so it's wednesday <laughs> the
1: september 20 uh, something 20, 20 something i mean it's pretty cool like way too quick None and we're Sunday and day. we're here sitting and drinking, water, drinking uh, water in toronto yeah on a wednesday afternoon when most people are Slave to their work. Absolutely. Dude,
0: it's 100% worth it. It's so cool. It's worth, yeah. it's worth the rest. It's funny. I heard somebody put this the other day. It's like, we refuse to work for somebody else. Uh, what, what was the quote? We refuse to work for somebody else uh, to pay our bills, but we're willing to make no money. Fuck, I can't remember the quote. I'm going to butcher it.
1: No, that. Wait, you just up. said we'll it put right put there. In no, the you show just. Notes.
0: Yeah.
2: We're, something like that. I don't know. Whatever.
0: I think people probably connected those dots
2: of what yeah, you're trying to say. The I,
1: what the coolest takeaway for me is that now this piece of content will be online forever. Yeah. And we could, yeah, go ahead.
2: We were, I think all of us had said we, we had watched content as like in very pivotal points of our lives. And I think we all look at those people. Like you look at Jim Rohn, just like I kind of look at people like Tony Robbins and and Tim Ferriss and Kevin Rose in those times that were like, and like reading the four hour work week and reading the wealthy barbers, like that was all content we consumed. um And like, that was a pivotal point for it. And like, there's a, there's a chance. I'm not saying it will be. There's a chance that someone listens to this podcast. It will. And it, 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 and it ends up being a pivotal point in their moment. And like, even saying that gives me like goosebumps. Oh, Cause honey. like, if I would have seen, if I would, if Tim Ferriss walks in right now, I read a four hour work week on the go train going back to tell my parents that I was going to drop out of school. That has like such a weighted point in my life. If that, if this could be like ten percent of that for like someone else, it that's be... what keeps.
1: Pe- that's what keeps us going, though. I think, and that like I've gotten really emotional over that too. Is like when you realize the big picture, you never know what an action, or you know, an action has that much more weight. Therefore, mm-hmm. you put a lot of emphasis on actually living a life mm-hmm. that is a good life, yeah. because I think with intention too, right? In, like, yeah, intent. If you know, like, who knows. Right. But we can trust that this is going to go somewhere and 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 I mean, hopefully that it can impact lives and hopefully that someone will take away one or two points from this podcast and be like and be, be able to apply it to their lives and see, you know, see their life improve and flourish. Yeah. And I Ooh. think hats off to you guys for doing this because, yeah. thanks. Thanks for coming down. That's I know cool, you're, you're
0: only here for like what four days.
1: Yeah, I'm leaving tomorrow. So. Leaving tomorrow. <laughs> all
2: right,
0: sweet yeah. man. So. Well, we
1: hope to have you back anytime that you're in Toronto. Yeah, and when you guys are in Asia next, uh, we'll hopefully do a podcast there yeah. as well. Yeah, that would be all. awesome. Be man. Cool. Sweet. All right. Okay, I think it's a good good spot to to wrap
2: it up. And uh,
1: yeah. Any, yeah. anything else that wh- yeah, what do you want, want to, like plug you to again, your brand or any of the brand? Oh yeah. Oh okay. Okay. So um um. I, uh, I'm on Instagram heavy, but that could change. So hopefully I'm trying to get the domain Daniel Phillip, uh like just dominate that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can always go to danielphillip.com or Instagram. It's Daniel Philip. And I'll do one thing. Uh, anybody that messages me on Instagram, uh, I'll send you guys a free watch. Sweet. So I gotta get you guys up with watches too. I think
2: you sent me one. I think it might be my old apartment. I gotta go like check the mail. I'll send you
1: one. And um, yeah, just talk. Like I've got a team monitoring that. And if you actually want to talk to me, just be like, hey, I really want to talk to just Dan. Um, Otherwise, you'll be talking to someone else. But just say you listen to this podcast, and we'll uh, we'll send you guys out a watch. I think it's pretty cool. Dope. Cheers, man. Yeah. Sweet. Cheers. Sweet. That was a fucking. That was good.